If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bone. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them. And it's proudly made in the USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-437-8217. That's 800-437-8217. You guys, it's Rick Tittle! All right, well, hey, thank you for that, and uh, welcome <clears throat> to another live edition of Titillating Sports. How's your day going so far? Mine is already off to a lousy start, as uh, Tottenham had two goals disallowed at St. Mary's down on the south coast against Southampton and had to settle for a 1-1 draw. Ah, that frost me. You know, the thing is, the letter of the law... You know how we do that, like with pass interference. Ooh, you breathed on them. The letter of the law versus the, uh, you know, the spirit of the law. And uh, Kane offsides by, you have to look at the fiber on the jersey of the guy who is all the way on the other side of the field. Oh, it makes me mad, but let's move on. We got a three-hour show here, and um, we're going to bring you so much entertainment. Me and my guest, that is. SalesportTalk.com, Tuesdays at 940 Pacific. Karen Lyle will be in studio. I hear that she's bringing in somebody, so I'll check on that. Uh, also, we have author and anthropologist Rowan Van Voorst. Of course, when you think of my show, you think of that. We have cinematographer Haris Zomborlokis, uh, and he'll talk about his movie, Belfast. Uh, we'll also have the NFL Hall of Famer Mel Renfro on once again. In the third hour, along with uh, comedian Alonzo Bowden, he'll be back. He's at uh, Helium, Indianapolis. The way to listen to the show is on the radio. And uh, before that, uh, you could do it through smoke signals. But we're also here uh, for you if you're listening on the TuneIn Radio app, the iHeartRadio app, the Stitcher app. We are also on Twitch.tv. Just look for SportsByline.com. There it go. There I be. And uh, CRN Digital Plus 2, the cable radio network channel 2. Call me up, 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. And the Twitter is at Rick Tittle. Come on back, got three hours. 
Here's a simple solution for you. If you have back pain, knee pain, or any other pain in your body, it's as simple as drinking a glass of water every day. Your body is over 60% water, and drinking the best water you can get is crucial for your health. Echo Antioxidant Water, developed by Synergy Science, is the best water you can drink, and it's only available through this special radio offer. Over 1,000 research studies have shown that the powerful antioxidant used in Echo Antioxidant Water can reduce inflammation, improve brain function, help you sleep better, and boost gut health. With just two glasses a day, you can experience these benefits right from the comfort of your home. Some people have even replaced their morning coffee jolt with Echo Antioxidant Water. Call now and learn which Echo product by Synergy Science is right for you. We offer free shipping and a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Change your health by simply changing your water. 800-944-1789. 800-944-1789. That's 800-944-1789. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at Low Cost Airlines. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. Are you 60-plus and love to travel? Introducing the Senior Travel Discount Network, brought to you by Low-Cost Airlines. Call us anytime, day or night, and save up to 75% on your airline and hotel reservations. We can help you save a ton of money to fly almost anywhere. We have inside discounts on over 500 airlines and 500,000 hotels worldwide. And when you call and mention the discount code 60PLUS, we'll give you an extra free night with your qualified air and hotel reservation. Now you can get the best prices on air and hotel reservations with your phone. We make it easy and fast for you to save money and book a trip. Remember, call the Senior Travel Discount Network. Mention the discount code 60 plus for your free hotel night with your qualified reservation. Call now. 800-493-6118. 800-493-6118. That's 800-493-6118. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful, genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a he's so handsome, he's a genius. All right, thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. Voice slowly coming back, but everyone telling me this voice is much more sexy. It's much better. Uh, It's like Jim Gaffigan in his new special. He said, it's on Netflix, it's called Monster. He says, it's perfectly acceptable for you to follow a pretty girl on Twitter and then, you know, give a heart emoji to something she does. 
But in real life, it's like, what are you doing? I'm following her. Why? I love her. <laughs> so uh, let's talk some sports. 1-800-878-PLAY. Uh, we did have a, uh, a Monday Night Football game, and uh, Miami won. And it, you know what? It, it's funny. In, in I think in recent years, the uh, when you think about uh, trimming the fat when it comes to these awards, they kind of work themselves out. You know, it's like, well, that guy got hurt, and that guy didn't do anything, and this guy got hot, but it was too late. But there have been some rookies in this class who have uh, really delivered at their respective um, positions. And I think about coming on late, you know, if you look at the Vikings, the tackle Christian Derrissaw, he came on in week six because he missed all of training camp. And um, he has carried over that calm nature he's had in college. He's been outstanding. Uh, You look at a guy like Pete Werner, the Saints linebacker, um, did everything until Demario Davis, Zach Bond, and Quan Alexander all got healthy, and then he doesn't play as much. Uh, but this is a guy who was so outstanding <clears throat> against Ohio State and made um, uh, the starter again um, last week. But when you look at guys who should be, you know, winning the Rookie of the Year award, and we get one on offense and one on defense. I keep reading that Creed Humphrey should be the offensive rookie of the year. Now, that would be very rare because he's a center. But center is the most important member of the offensive line. And you'll say, well, then why do left tackles get all the money? (laughs) Well, I do understand that. Uh, Maybe I have to amend that statement. But the center is the guy who controls all the, uh, the, the cadence and the snaps. And, uh, you know, half of them, more than half sometimes, are um, shotgun snaps, which is a completely different uh, discipline. And uh, also you have to call uh, the switches. You know, you'll have a, um, maybe a trap called, and then the defense will do a stunt, and then you're going to switch out of it. That's all on that. But... Uh, Humphrey will not win Offensive Rookie of the Year because they just won't give it to a center. But that's the guy I'm hearing. Now, when you think about great uh, wide receivers uh, in the draft and you think about, you know, Jalen Waddell, what he has been able to do for the Dolphins. He had 10 more catches last night, and he's closing in on Anquan Bolden's rookie record for receptions, he's six behind him with two games left. Of course, we get that 17th game. And so it would be surprising if he doesn't hold the record. You could also see the hustle he had on a fumble in the backfield. Remember, he was the guy that a lot of people say, why are you drafting him over his teammate, Devontae Smith, who won the Heisman? It was just because Waddle was the guy until he got hurt. But then again, Smith has done really well for the Eagles. And the way he's uh, that the football IQ is so strong for that guy who's so skinny, and he's got these little toothpick legs, but it doesn't matter. Um, the other day, you might have seen that great play where he got his feet in bounds on a touchdown. I have no idea how he was able to do that. He's very exciting. And then Jamar Chase. I mean, if you think about uh, that, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase basically had a day like they had at Baton Rouge uh, the other day, <clears throat> and. It, uh, you know, he kept having all these 100-yard games, and then for a while there he was a little quiet, mostly because the Bengals were healthy. 
But, you know, <clears throat> this was the thing I asked Ka- uh, Carson Palmer when he was on the show before the draft, and it's like, do you get the tackle? Uh, I think he was out of Oregon. Do you get the tackle or do you get the receiver? And he says, uh, I know it's it's not sexy, but you get the tackle. And, you know, you think it's harder. it is harder to find a left tackle than a great wide receiver. That is true. There are less great left tackles than good wide receivers. Um, but I told Carson Palmer at the time that I got a little bit bit by the fact uh, that uh, the Raiders went for Robert Gallery over Larry Fitzgerald, which I was for at the time. <clears throat> we know how that worked out. But speaking of Panay Sewell, who ended up going to the Lions, he has had some issues, I think, anchoring the offensive line. But uh, the athleticism from a guy that big is pretty cool, and I think that uh, he's going to be a fixture in Detroit for a long time, whether he likes it or not. But then you look at Rashawn Slater. He was the other tackle, and uh, that's who the Chargers went. They wanted him to protect Justin Herbert's blind sides. And it was, you know, it's always unrealistic to expect a rookie to come in and be a a pro bowler, and we do get that uh, sometime. Uh, But... You know, he has shown a few imperfections. He got COVID recently as well, but I think he's been all right. Uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora, that was the linebacker at Notre Dame that I wanted the Raiders to draft. He's played with real reckless abandon for the the Browns, attacking gaps and uh, blowing up lead blocks, perfectly capable of dropping into coverage as well. And uh, this guy lasted until the second round. He was an absolute steal. you might say, well, what about Mac Jones? Well, listen, I didn't expect Mac Jones to set the world on fire. Um, I don't think I even would have drafted Mac Jones. I mean, if he was sitting around in the third round, yeah. It's not like I don't, like I hate the guy. He just, uh, to me, I just feel like there's Mac Joneses in every draft. I just thought Mac Jones was kind of maybe a, a shinier version of a Daniel Jones. And he did miss some wide open receivers against uh, Buffalo with a few would be interceptions. He's had relatively few poor games this year. He's actually been pretty good. Kyle Pitts, who's supposed to be the next Gronk, um, so fluid and, you know, softly catching these. He's just got a great pair of hands. Definitely in the top 10 rooks for Atlanta. But then you get the guys that, you know, um, I I just look at the Raiders guy like Nate Hobbs, who hasn't played much the last couple weeks because he's had COVID, but there are times this year you could say he was the best corner on the Raiders when Hayward wasn't playing. You can look at a guy like Javon Holland, a safety for uh, Miami, who uh, consistently uh, has started for them and uh, is big in the uh, blitz package. Um, I know that if you look at, uh, you know, I was talking about how rookie of the year should be Creed Humphrey. I mean, you can look at that offensive line at Trey Smith. I mean, Trey Smith is another guy. I mean, you think about that team and the the uh, the decimation they had to their line, not as much as the Raiders did, who dis- completely dismantled their line. But the Chiefs, it's like, what are you going to do? Creed Humphrey comes in, Trey Smith comes in, and they're both excellent. I mean, are we surprised? Um, and then uh, I look at Amon Ross St. Brown, which is one of my favorite names. And if you look through Week 13... Uh, Brown had uh, zero games where he really made a huge impact. 
And then since week 13, he has been Jared Goff's favorite target. He has got more than eight catches in each of the last four games. He has touchdowns in three or four. So, you know, as we say, we look at rookie of the years. Uh, there's no doubt who the defensive rookie of the year is going to be, and that's Micah Parsons. And um, he, uh, you know, the, you know you're good when you're winning and they take you off to keep you healthy on defense, and that's what Dallas did. It was 42-7 to at halftime, and they told Micah Parsons, put on a baseball hat. You don't, need, you don't need to play anymore. So he's definitely the defensive rookie of the year. Offensively, you look at Waddle and uh, you look at Chase, but uh, a shout-out for Creed Humphrey. I'm Rick Tittle. The lines are available 1-800-878-PLAY. Come on back. car listen if i was a cop i'd pull you over and ask to see your insurance Woo! i bet that would scare the heck out of you (laughs) but seriously i still want you to get your insurance papers out whoa that's ridiculous look we all have cars that means insurance but newsflash you don't have to pay a fortune for it what smart people all over the united states are doing is saving hundreds of dollars hauling ais insurance some of you could be saving up to six hundred dollars a year Maybe with an extra 600 you can get your car washed at least once a month. I mean, come on, look at it. Look, my job is to help you save money on your car insurance. So pick up the phone, call AIS Insurance right now, and get your car washed, please. 800-756-3744. 800-756-3744. 800-756-3744. That's 800-756-3744. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800 811 7913. 800 811 7913. 800 811 7913. That's 800 811 7913. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time 
time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-215-6812. Where did you get those clothes? At the toilet store? I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating. Well, 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 how about that? At least I got that going for me. 1-800-878-PLAY to get in and get hurt. Coming up in the next segment, Karen Lyle from salesportstalk.com, along with Corey Quillen, the president of the Cal Poly Sailing Club. Speaking about basketball for a second, a sport which has also been hit hard by the uh, COVID pandemic, what hasn't? But if you look at Russ, and we know who we're talking about, Russell Westbrook, he's nothing uh, but a statistical marvel, isn't he? Because remember four years ago, he was only the second player in the history of the league to average a triple double. And now he's done it four times which has quadrupled the big O on that front. But when any player puts up historic numbers without doing anything in the postseason, he's going to face accusation of stat hunting. And Westbrook has heard that claim for years, but they've rarely come from fellow players. And yesterday, Minnesota Timberwolves star Carl Anthony Towns, K-A-T, hinted in an interview with a guy named Aiden Ross just that, saying he definitely gets stats. He chases stats. But I think he's a hell of a player, though. I don't care what anyone says. You know how hard it is to get a triple-double? You know how hard it is? And he play hella hard. I just think that sometimes he plays too quick. He tries to do too much. Now, Is that really a quote-unquote diss? Because Towns then tried to walk it back in the interview by praising him. But Draymond Green apparently heard what Towns said. I mean, you think about how fast does it take to get the word out. My uh, journalism professor in college, when the Pope got shot, Uh, he figured that it took six minutes from the time the Pope got shot in Rome to when he heard it on his radio in San Pablo, California. Six minutes. This is before we had Twitter and everything. Anyway, so Draymond sees it. And Draymond is somebody who, of course, likes to let everybody know what he thinks. That's his personality, y'all. 
He said, I once watched from the bench due to us beating the T-Wolves' ass, and he was in the game down 20 with two minutes to go. Come on, man. Stop talking to, about the bros and yelling, this is a brotherhood. SMH, shaking my head. Wow. So then Towns saw what Green said, and he fired back, arguing that he wasn't coaching the Timberwolves, and he doesn't control when he is and isn't on the floor. Eventually, he praised Draymond for his role in the Golden State Dynasty and moved on. But even if he violated some sort of pact amongst players or stars by saying Westbrook chases stats, I think it's worth considering whether or not he had a point. And this is something that you hear about certain players. We hear about Kevin Love a lot. We used to really hear it out here about David Lee, that David Lee really isn't that great. And you go, oh, look, he had 12 points and 10 rebounds. And they like, yeah, it's garbage time. It doesn't matter. So Westbrook was asked about balancing expectations from his teammates, the coaching staff, the fans. And he gave, I thought, what was a really illuminating answer there. He had a full minute and a half response And, well, she basically said he's over what everybody else wants him to do. But here's a little piece of it. Quote, I think people are expecting me to have effing 25, 15, and 15, and that is not normal. Everyone has to understand that that's not like a normal thing that people do consistently. I know that I've done it for the past five years or so or whatever that may be. But that's not like a normal thing, end quote. And I think that's what makes the quote so interesting. Nobody is calling for Westbrook to post better statistics. It's the opposite. Critics have called for Westbrook to place less of an emphasis on individual numbers and more on the defensive effort, maybe off-the-ball movement, maybe ball security. I mean, the best version of Westbrook on a team that already relies on LeBron James to carry the bulk of the offense maybe is someone who doesn't put up 25-15-15. Not because putting up such numbers would hurt the team, but you don't measure in the box score that stat when the Lakers lose. Now, I will always lean to the side of production. You know, I don't think you hurt your team when you score 25 points unless you miss 75% of your shots. (laughs) I mean, if you say, oh, he hit 10 three-pointers, and it's like, yeah, he shot 60. And you'd be like, oh, well, then that's not good. Right. But that's the thing about, oh, there's only one ball, there's only one ball, and when KD came to the Warriors, oh, they already got Steph and Clay. What are they going to do with a with a forward like that? And it's like, oh, I don't know, dominate, win two NBA titles. Yeah, there's only one ball. But is it a proof that Westbrook chases stats? I don't know. Does he take questionable shots? Yeah. Does he... Get lazy in defense? 
There's no doubt. Could he rebound more on both ends? Well, he's doing it on the offensive end. It's just, it's not clear whether Westbrook does those things specifically in the name of individual stats or because he believes that gives his team the best chance to win. But what the quote from KAT tells us with some degree of certainty, that Westbrook is very aware of his statistical production and, you know, how you measure what you do on the stat sheet with what happens with your team on the hardwood. And so that may not mean that he chases stats, but he has them in mind. I would tell, uh, and I haven't watched the Lakers enough to say that what he does is debilitating. I mean, if you look in the standings and you see uh, the Los Angeles Lakers as the, what are they, they're ninth right now in the West at 16 and 18. They're two games under. They give up two more points per game than they score. It's a 110 to a 112, which isn't a huge disparity. You would think that's probably a, a 500 team, and that's basically what they are. They're two games under at this point. But when you look at the lineup, would you say, should they be better than teams that are ahead of them? Well, yeah. You think they'd be better than the likes of uh, Minnesota and, and, and teams like that. But I don't ever think that when you look at Westbrook and, and people say, oh, you don't want him, you don't want him. He's a fantastic player. I, I just, I don't, I can't think of anyone I've ever seen when you say who's a freight train coming down the lane and who just, who do you have to get out of the way of? I mean, there are probably five or six guys, but Westbrook, I think might be number one as far as just a guy who will not be denied when he's going to the rim. So if you score 25 points and pull down 15 rebounds and then have 15 assists, I would like a player to chase those stats every day. I really would. Unless, like I said, you're literally a one-man team, you never pass the ball, and you hog. But if you have 15 assists, you're passing the ball like crazy is what you're doing. And then you could say, look, I got my 25. I dealt out 15 more assists, and I also pulled down 15 boards, which helps you as well. So I don't think Russell Westbrook is going to have too many people get his back, and I'm not a champion for him. I don't love the guy, but I've always... I've always raised the eyebrow when someone said, oh, they're just chasing stats. You know, like, oh, you know, I remember people say, oh, Eric Chavez, he has this many home runs. And it's like, well, if you watch the game, he'd hit those home runs when we were winning eight to nothing in the seventh inning. And I think what that argument is, is just clutch. Do you get those points, those runs, those hits when we really need them? I don't think you can make an argument for that, but you can't argue with the fact if a guy hits 300 or if a guy's giving you a triple-double every night that somehow that's hurting you. That's my opinion. All right, we got a little sailing on the other side with Karen Lyle, salesporttalk.com. Come on back. I wonder if my parents will ever be a part of my 
This is Karen Lyle of Salesport Talk, and I'm here in studio with Charlie Deist. He is a volunteer for the San Francisco Sailing Science Center. Charlie, tell us a little bit about what fascinates you about sailing and science and why you volunteer. Well, first it was the sailing. Uh, the science was the area that I felt like I had the most room for improvement. I'm a, a media guy myself. Uh, I've been producing radio and podcasts for several years. So when I met Jim, I saw two opportunities. One was to use some of my skills in that department, uh, but also to bolster some of my my own knowledge and, and resources around the the science of this activity that I've come to to really love as my my primary hobby and and also an avocation. Jim, you're referring to is James Hancock, who's the founder of the San Francisco Sailing Science Center. Tell me a little bit about your own sailing experience. I know you have a couple of boats. You're out there on the water a lot. You teach. You sail. You just really enjoy the water. What is it about the nature and the physics of nature that really fascinates you the most when you're in the sailor role? Well, I was a beginner not too long ago. About 10 years ago, in my early 20s, I started sailing. And as most beginners to the sport of sailing, I had my fair share of missteps. And I was humbled by San Francisco Bay more than a few times. But eventually, with practice and just taking every opportunity that I could to get out on my own boats, on other people's boats, I started to get my bearings. And you get this sort of intuitive sense of how the waves and the wind interact. But having a scientific understanding of it, I think, just kind of takes it to the next level. The day that I first met Jim and learned about the Sailing Science Center, I had sailed over from Berkeley on my Columbia 24 to the St. Francis Yacht Club, which hosts their Wednesday yachting luncheons. I think that that was a you know a typical summer day in San Francisco, so winds blowing 20 knots or so. Fortunately, I think that it was flooding at the time when when the westerly winds clash with the with the ebb tide. It can lead to a a pretty nasty surf there, but but it was it was a good day for sailing, and it turned out to be a, a good day for for my own kind of personal development. Well, and for those who know anything about the moon and tides, we have a flood and an ebb twice a day. Floods coming through the Golden Gate right there in St. Francis Yacht Club. It's kind of a funny balance because the the flood, on the one hand, it's uh, it, it creates better conditions uh, when combined with the westerly winds. Although, if you're trying to get from Berkeley heading east toward uh, against the flood, basically, it slows you down. So there's all these trade offs. And learning to sort of sync up with the tides and currents, I think, has also been uh, almost a spiritual thing for me. It's a way to connect to nature on a level that most people just aren't used to thinking about. I really appreciate you coming and sharing your story with us and hope to have you back, Charlie. Thank you so much. This is Karen Lyle of Salesport Talk. Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's Tuesday at 940. That means it's time to check in with Karen Lyle, who always co-hosts this segment with me from salesporttalk.com. And we also uh, have her in studio with a special guest. But first, Karen, good to see you. How are you? I'm doing great, Rick, and really glad to be here. Yes, and we're really glad to have you as well as our guest, Corey Quillen. He is president of the Cal Poly Sailing Club. And, uh, Corey, I assume that you also go to Cal Poly? That is correct, yes. Now, do you live in Mustang Village, an apartment, a frat? I do not, no. I um, I live. I do live off campus, not in Mustang Village, but no fraternity or anything, just 
spend all my time doing homework and sailing. How many times have you gone to the library and to Mother's <laughs> and the Bowl and all that? Um, a little bit more senior year, but <laughs> uh, the library was my best friend finals week. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the, the Cal Poly Sailing Club. You are a club and you're under a conference. Just give us a little information for our listeners who are sports um, fans who have not known exactly how this works in the sailing world. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as you said, we are a club sport team. Um, we operate under uh, the National Sailing uh, Program, which is known as ICSA. Um, and then within that, uh, we are in the Pacific Coast Conference um, here on the West Coast. And, um, yeah, it's been a pretty fun experience. We've are student-run um, club that has a little bit of overlook from the school, but essentially is um, built from the ground up by ourselves. Um, we c- compete across the state uh, against national teams, D1, you know, NCAA varsity teams such as Stanford, Hawaii, all those top teams, um, and we're currently ranked a fifth on the West Coast. So, um, yeah. Congratulations. And you that. guys are legit, not like those cheaters at Stanford. <laughs> Uh, yeah. (laughs) So how did you get your start? Something, uh, what were the beer can races? Yeah. So that was, um, how I, uh, first got into the sport. My dad has been sailing since he was my age in the Bay. Um, I actually had a fear of water up until I was probably 12 or something. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I wasn't, once I was over that, I was like, well, you know, you're always going sailing. I want to tag along, see how this goes. Um, and I think the first time I sailed underneath the Golden Gate, I was kind of hooked. Um, I did the beer can races, which, like you, know, like you said, which are just the casual ones um, out of the Golden Gate Yacht Club, Friday nights, um, just to get some experience. And I, I haven't looked back. Well, I saw you at the um, Los Angeles Yacht Club for the Harbor Cup. That was right before the pandemic. And that's a... That's an awesome race. Tell us about that experience. What was that like for your team? That was incredible, yeah. Um, we got to sail um, in a 10-boat fleet of Catalina 37s, which are used you know, by even professional sailors for World Match Racing Tour and all that. Um, it was a great opportunity. The LA Yacht Club was uh, more than welcoming, having us. They provided food, lunches, and all that, and we just got to go sail in one of the best venues on um, – you know, a legitimate race boat. So that was incredible experience. Definitely a highlight of college, being able to go out with my friends, sail a boat, fall asleep on the boat, wake up, do it again for three days. Um, not much more you can ask for. So, yeah, it was a great time. Yeah, that's really cool. Tell us about your progression from being, you know, someone who maybe your dad would say, sit here and don't touch anything, to actually taking the helm. That Yeah, that is exactly right. I like to say that when I first started off, I was just kind of going for boat rides, um, observing as I went. I think um, coming to Cal Poly or attending Cal Poly was when I was really able to, um, what's the word, enhance my knowledge of sailing. I didn't come in with a lot of experience on small boats, um, and so I pretty much was self-determined in saying, you know, I want to become the best sailor I can be. I think a lot of it came down to YouTube videos and just studying on my own, going to practice as much as I could, sometimes four times a week. And I just was self-determined, wanted to reach that varsity level like I saw the other sailors on the team were. 
Um, and so, yeah, just I think a lot of YouTube, if I'm being honest, YouTube mm-hmm. helped a lot. So the Morro Bay Yacht Club, I've had, I've had a beer in that club. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great place and a, a beautiful venue down there in Morro Bay. Is the one that has all the boats, the 13 boats in your fleet. Uh, they're FJs, right? Correct, yes. So tell us a little bit about the relationship between the Cal Sailing Club and Morro Bay and how they support the team. Yeah, definitely. Um, Morro Bay Yacht Club has been incredibly supportive. Um, so we essentially run our program th- using their boats. We fall under their youth program, um, especially in the Morro Bay Youth Sailing Foundation. So, um, yeah, like I said, we are they we are allowed to use their facilities as junior members. Um, we are able to have the autonomy of a club sport team. But the youth so- youth sailing foundation down there is incredibly supportive. They help with all of our what's the word all of our um, sorry all of our fix all of our problems with boats. They are they help with damages. They're helping with financials. They're helping us with travel. They're more than supportive of our of seeing our team succeed and do well. So they're there in any way we need, whether that's using boats, going out with members on um, keelboat regattas, um, just being there to make sure we can be the best team we can. Rick Tittle and Karen Lyle. Karen with SailsportTalk.com. We're in studio with Corey Quillen, president of the Cal Poly Sailing Club. A couple more questions for Corey. So when it comes to taking on other schools, as you mentioned, is there sort of a camaraderie or is it uh, a real rivalry like do you not like board the ship and take over and sink it or whatever but (laughs) but what's it like when you get the competitive juices flowing i think um the pacific coast conference is super unique in that the camaraderie is most definitely there um i know some other individuals that were on this podcast just because i've met them through racing against them when you see the same faces you know again and again across four years you get to know them pretty well um, you get to come become pretty close friends. So, you know, we are uh, a competitive team that wants to do well. So naturally, there will be some teams that you're kind of, you know, you're eyeing from afar, like, oh, that's that's so-and-so. But um, I I love the camaraderie that we have on the West Coast. So I, I definitely think that's a very tight-knit group, despite being um, such a large uh, conference. Well, let me just follow up. Who do you want to beat the most? <laughs> um... Stanford's the big name to beat. Stanford's mm-hmm. top dog. UC Santa Barbara is right behind them, if not better. So those are the two boats. You know, you're on the water, like you know, you're seeing how they're doing. What are they? What, what decisions are they making? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So what what support do you need to be able to accomplish some of your goals? I think you don't have a coach yet. So is that is that something that would help to have to have a? Yeah, I think that would be the next. Um, step to help us out. We are the highest ranked club team on the West Coast at the moment. Um, or excuse me, UC Santa Barbara also is, but they have a full-time coach, um, Brad, who's an incredible person. So I think that would be naturally the next step um, to bump us over the edge, so to speak. I think we've come very far given that we are a um, self-taught team. You know, a lot of people come in with sailing knowledge, but I think that, yeah, would be the next step in allowing us to succeed even farther. And then when you're a club sport like that, um, you know, does it, uh, how much do you lean upon people to lend you their boats, so to speak, and give you the equipment and give you all that stuff? Or is it, do you need like one rich person to sort of bankroll you? 
we um we have the funding to or i guess we so we do use the boats i guess like i was saying for moro bay but we do pay a fee so that mm. um it is it's lending in the sense that we're using their boats but we're also paying for the opportunity to do that right. um but yes they are super influential in allowing us to do that you want to sail in the Transpac race, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of an, your a goal. Your goal. What inspired you to want to do that race to to Hawaii? Um, I think it's just always been one of those pinnacle races you hear about, and as someone who is experienced with keelboats and uh, racing in the bay, I guess coming seven to eight years now or so, um, it seems like a next logical step, a big hurdle to get over, um, and you know, who doesn't want to go to Hawaii. So it, it sounds like a fun opportunity. I figured it better to do it now um, while I have the time. But um, I think it would be a good challenge, you know, both mentally, physically, and all that, test my sailing knowledge. Um, it just it sounds like a good time. Definitely a bucket lister for me. Did you have uh, any moment of great peril or maybe a boneheaded rookie move that you did you can tell us about? Ooh, um... What you're willing to confess, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, did you ever go on the drink? On the drink? Did you ever go on the water? Oh, yeah. Well, so in small dinghies, like we say at school, those things flip all the time. If you stand on one side, they're not stable enough to hold you. Like, they'll flip no problem. So there's one time, um, this one was probably my most embarrassing. Uh, We flipped in Morro Bay. And if you've ever been to Morro Bay, as you have, Karen, it's a very skinny bay so a lot of current up to like two and a half knots sometimes or more um and i just could not swim against the current one time i got pushed away from my boat and i ended up having to hold on to a a mooring ball Jeez. and just wave down coast or the harbor patrol you know come pick me up please <laughs> so i think that was the most embarrassing um i try not to you know mention too much <laughs> <laughs> well and now you're competing in fifth and in, in the conference and and president of the the Cal Poly Sailing Club, which is um, fantastic progress for that. You just started in high school, right? Yeah, yeah. I um, I just started in high school as sailing in general and um, sailing dinghies. I've only done since being in college, which is you know an entirely different aspect of sailing. Just putting aside our tactics, but also just the mechanics of how you tack the boat and everything. So I I, I am new to it, but I think I've really engrossed myself enough that I would say I've gotten to a pretty skilled level, I guess I could say, you know. So if anybody's listening that, like, wants to join or help you, do you guys have a website or a presence online? We do, yeah. If you look up um, Cal Poly, if you just Google Cal Poly Sailing Team, we have uh, a a website with all the information you need as far as joining. Um, Anyone's allowed to join, just regardless of experience. We can help enhance your skills if you already have some sailing experience or if you're brand new to it and want to learn how it works, um, everyone's welcome. Well, right. mm-hmm. certainly uh, my dad went to Cal Poly, mm. and I would say that you know anyone out there listening should you know, give, give a donation, something to help out the Cal Poly team get their coach. We want to see that happen so you can have even more support to help you take number one, right? I appreciate it. Yeah, hopefully one day. <laughs> That's the plan. Corey Quillen has been our guest, president of the Cal Poly Sailing Club. Corey, thanks for coming in, and Karen, great to see you again. Good to see you, Rick. All right, we'll take a quick cool. break. We'll come on back on Sports Pilot.
Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Doran's Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Doran's for nearly a hundred years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. That's 800-485-6003. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. Do you need to sell your home? If you've sold a home before, you remember how stressful and expensive it was. Sold.com is here to help you sell your home for the most money and with the least amount of stress. There are new ways to sell your home that you've never heard of before. Did you know there are companies who will offer you cash for your home? Did you know you could trade in your home for a new one? Did you know there are realtors who will sell your home for a flat fee instead of an expensive commission? It's true. Sold.com services are free. So if you're looking to sell, make this free phone call right now and learn how your next home sale can be faster and easier than you ever thought possible. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 800-449-1759. 800-449-1759. 800-449-1759. Again, that's 800-449-1759. Oh, come now. Don't be ashamed. <laughs> we all have our idiosyncrasies. you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face, he would clown you. Ah, thanks for that. And um, <clears throat> it's nice to have that uh, that young man in here. Uh, you talk about starting a club sport, uh, of which I was involved in college. I played NCAA 
football, but um, my roommate, who was originally from Boston, he was going to start a um, lacrosse team. And he said, are you interested? And I said, uh, no, never played before. I have no idea what's going on. I don't have that skill. I don't have that talent. And then I found out that if you weren't playing another sport, you had to lift weights at 5 or 6 a.m. Which group do you want to be with in the off season? And I hate lifting weights. I always have. I always will. I think gyms are a waste of time. I think gyms are a joke. And, uh, <laughs> and I wasn't going to play rugby, so I said, let's, let's give this thing a shot. And we bought our equipment out of the back of a van. Oh, it sounds like some, like, sick drug dealer or something. It's the only way to get lacrosse equipment back then. This guy drove a van around all the colleges and um, quickly learned to play in the crease, have a five-foot-long stick, a brine metal one. It got bent into a right angle. I had to buy a wood one called a Crooked Arrow from back east. And... Um, then developed a real, uh, it was a blood sport. I mean, I'd stand in front of the crease and we just would hack each other. And um, then ended up being the um, the team captain. The sport went on to gain uh, official status, became an NCAA sport. They have a full-time coach. They went to the NCAA tournament. They used to have these dinners where they would sort of fet the original founding fathers, the 20 of us, whatever, that started the club. And it's funny, we've, I've never had a football reunion dinner. It's like when they dropped football in 2003, that was it. But I've had plenty of these lacrosse reunion dinners. <clears throat> and what started off as just this little club sport built into this huge thing. And I was there the very first uh, two years of it uh, as it came into uh, fruition. So uh, good on Corey for getting that thing off the ground and uh, becoming the president of it. That's pretty cool we got another two hours to go. Your calls, 1-800-878-PLAY. So come on back. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. Strong weather sweeping parts of the United States brought frigid temperatures to the Pacific Northwest, heavy snow to the mountains in Northern California and Nevada. In fact, six inches of snow is reported in Seattle, Washington on Monday. Warm weather will continue through the southeast. As the pandemic enters its third year, the National Governors Association met Monday. The White House is now asking states to step up and address the pandemic. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. I'm looking at Governor Sununu on the board here. He talks about that a lot. And it ultimately gets down to where the rubber meets the road, and that's where the patient is in need of help. It should be noted White House officials kicked the media out of the room before we could hear Biden take questions from governors on COVID-19. Monday Night Football last night, the Dolphins beat the Saints 20-3. to USA Radio News. 
Hi, this is Wayne Alaroot. It's official. Inflation is at its highest level since the 1980s, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. What most people don't know is that it's actually much worse. Inflation may be higher now than the 1980s, since the new measurements exclude food and energy. Gas prices up 58%, energy up 33%. What can you do about it? Protect yourself and your family. Only gold, silver, and other hard assets give you true protection. My friends at Tangible Investments guarantee the absolute lowest prices on precious metals. Check them out at TII1.com or call 800-300-8441. Tangible Investments has 40 years of experience and billions, that's with a B, billions in transactions. Call 800-300-8441 if you want help with gold, silver, platinum. They guarantee you the best prices plus excellent service. Call Tangible Investments now, 800-300-8441 or visit TII1.com. They also provide free verbal appraisals. Lightning never strikes twice in the same place, but nobody wants to be struck by lightning. Closed-circuit television footage in Jakarta, Indonesia, has captured a security guard who luckily survived a direct hit by lightning, according to local media. In the video, shared by an Indonesian media company and reported on social media, the man can be seen walking in the rain under an umbrella some 15 seconds after he enters the frame. <laughs> A blast and sparks can be seen in the very place he walked, and the footage then shows him lying on the wet ground. He fails to get up, and people run toward him. The man survived, having suffered burns to his hands, according to Tetic News. It is believed the guard's walkie-talkie, which he had in his hands, attracted the lightning. From the USA Radio News, West Texas Bureau, I'm Brad Bernards. Lightning can heat the air it passes through to 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. That's five times hotter than the surface of the sun. USA Radio News. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, and I want to tell you that arthritis is not a genetic thing. It's not a disease of aging. Neither is osteoporosis. Get a hold of my book. It's all in your head. It goes into the 25 different diseases you get when you have osteoporosis of the skull. These are all reversible. You take the Healthy Bone and Joint Pack, the MSM, vitamin D3, stay away from all the bad foods, including gluten, and guess what? You'll regrow all your bones, including your skull and your legs and your hips and everything else. Contact us at usaradiohealth.com. That's usaradiohealth.com. As candidate Biden promised to shut down the virus, President Biden joins the White House COVID-19 response team's regular call with the National Governors Association to explain the responsibility now falls on the states. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. I'm looking at Governor Sununu on the board here. He talks about that a lot. And it ultimately gets down to where the rubber meets the road, and that's where the patient is in need of help or preventing the need for uh, help. Look, uh, Gov, thank you for, uh, for what you're doing. Thank you for the National Governors Association and Vice Chair Murphy across the river. All's, all's well in New Jersey, I assume, Gov. Here today, Democrats and Republicans, uh, we've discussed the rising COVID cases, especially coming out of the holidays. As I said last week, Omicron is a source of concern, but it should not be a source of panic. If you're fully vaccinated, you get your booster shot and you're highly protected. If you're unvaccinated, you're at a high risk of getting severely ill from COVID-19, being hospitalized and in rare cases even dying. And this is not like March of 2020, the beginning of the pandemic. We're prepared and we know what it takes to save lives, protect people and keep schools and businesses open. We just have to stay focused and continue to work together. My message to the governor is simple. If you need something, say something. Lance Pry, USA Radio News. 
If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bone. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them. And it's proudly made in the USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-437-8217. That's 800-437-8217. Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch. Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast, and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. The lines are available if you would like to be a part of the equation. 1-800-878-PLAY, 1-800-878-7529. You can also listen on the uh, internet if you want to go to sportsbyline.com. Go there, click listen live. You can hear the programming that way. Also, CRN Digital Plus 2, the cable radio network channel 2 on your cable provider is another way of uh, catching the show as well. You can listen to us on the TuneIn app, the iHeartRadio app, the Stitcher app, and uh, Twitch.tv. There I am right there. Search for uh, Sports Byline USA. By the way, on Christmas... um, LeBron made some uh, holiday history, and um, he uh, passed Kobe Bryant now to be the NBA's all-time leading scorer on Christmas, if you care of such a thing. Now, you got to play on Christmas, and uh, he's done that uh, now. Uh, well, Bryant had 395 points, and James just needed 13 uh, to get past, which he did by one. <laughs> so LeBron, 396. Kobe Bryant, 395. By the way, Kevin Durant is fifth all-time, and the aforementioned Russell Westbrook is seventh, 245. Steph is not in the top eight, but Dolph Shays is at uh, 239. What do you think of that? I think that's interesting. All right. Uh, 1-800-878-PLAY. We are on CRN Digital Plus 2. That's the cable radio network channel. Tune your cable provider. 35 million homes. Homes. And as always, the American Forces Radio Network. Hope you're having a good holiday. I know it's always hard being away from home for 99% of you. I think 1% of you are glad to be away from home. Uh, The rest of you wish you were having a little home cooking right now. So we appreciate all that you do keeping us and our allies safe. Twitter is at Rick Tittle. If you want to shoot me a tweet, we got another two hours. Come on back. 
What are you so happy about? I'm on the pill. Aren't you two a bit old to worry about having more kids? Not her. Me. Uh, you lost me there, buddy. Steel man pills. Things weren't always looking up if you catch my drift. So, my doctor prescribed me a little something. Like Viagra? Yeah, but that's expensive, and it wasn't covered by my insurance. Steel man pills cost me less than three bucks a pill, and virtually the same effect. I just called and got over 40 pills for only $99. I have this friend who might be looking and... Well, if your friend wants some help, the consultation is free over the phone. No clinic. Steel Man Pill sends it in the mail in a confidential package. I'm on it. I mean, my friend will be on it. Steel Man Pills. Going the extra mile to help men with erectile dysfunction. 800-399-3691. 800-399-3691. That's 800-399-3691. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at Low Cost Airlines. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. Are you 60 plus and love to travel? Introducing the Senior Travel Discount Network, brought to you by Low Cost Airlines. Call us anytime, day or night, and save up to 75% on your airline and hotel reservations. We can help you save a ton of money to fly almost anywhere. We have inside discounts on over 500 airlines and 500,000 hotels worldwide. And when you call and mention the discount code 60 plus, we'll give you an extra free night with your qualified air and hotel reservation. Now you can get the best prices on air and hotel reservations with your phone. We make it easy and fast for you to save money and book a trip. Remember, call the Senior Travel Discount Network. Mention the discount code 60 plus for your free hotel night with your qualified reservation. Call now. 800-493-6118. 800-493-6118. That's 800-493-6118. Hour two of titillating sports. You thought it couldn't get any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk, yes. Couldn't get any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk, yes. Hour two of titillating sports. Hey! Check out Channel 9. Check out Rick Tittle. Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to this show all the way from uh, Amsterdam in uh, Holland. It is author and anthropologist Roanne Van Voorst. She has a new book, which is just out today from Harper One. It's called Once Upon a Time, We Ate Animals, The Future 
of food. Rowan, welcome to the show. First of all, I've been to Amsterdam many times, and you have a beautiful city there. So happy you like it, and I'm also so happy you're not here now because we are back in full lockdown in a couple of days. Oh, so that would have been a bummer, right? That would, <laughs> yes. But I have a feeling that people will still be having a party. Um, tell us about yeah. your, because you like to look to the future. Well, a lot of time we think of anthropologists, we think about people, you know, uh, looking at the past. You're looking into the future, and maybe a future where we don't eat animals anymore, right? Yeah, that's correct. I have a double background. So I obtained my PhD in 2014 in anthropology here at the University of Amsterdam. But I was always fascinated, not so much, like you say, in traditions or cultural practices from the past, but much more in people storytelling, basically, imagination and how we make decisions now that shape the past eventually. And so from 2008, when I was doing my master's, I was already investigating things that seemed, oh, this is where the future might, look, might lead us to, right? So, for example, I started doing research in Greenland because the climate changes were ahead there. And so I wanted to understand, oh, they're already experiencing what we might experience in 20 years from now. So I'll go there and see what that does. Then later, I become, became trained as a professional futurist as well. So now I have this double thing where I've been doing research all over the world on many different topics, ranging from the future of climate changes to the future of conflict to the future of food that we are discussing today. And then I'm also working on a new book uh, now here in the Netherlands, which is the future of food. So I have an interesting profession. It keeps me off the street. Unless we're in lockdown, then I'm inside. <laughs> so how much of it, um, for what you've done in, in going vegan, how much of it has, is prevalent in the Netherlands? Like, can you go to the Amst- can you go to an Ajax match at the Amsterdam Arena and get vegan food? Ah, yeah, well, you know, first of all, I, I wasn't an activist, or I'm still not an activist. I really try to be really honest in this book about, you know, what is true, what is just being repeated on social media as being true, and what is plausible for the future. And I basically predict a world in which, in parts of the world where plant-based alternatives are readily available and affordable, and this is a growing trend, there eating meat might become something like smoking, right? Remember when you were a kid and you had your like a birthday parties and there were sitting adults all over that were all smoking and nobody thought that was strange because we just didn't know how unhealthy it was. Mm-hmm. But now if you would do that in front of, you know, kids, people will, would find it probably really antisocial. And so I can see the same thing happening with meat again in places in the world where that is, really easy to step over to plant-based alternatives. So yes, here in Amsterdam, pretty much everywhere, you can find an alternative, uh, even in like the really good French, typically buttery restaurants, for example, <laughs> where if it's a really good chef, then you know nowadays it's so sexy and popular to, to be a plant-based chef. You see it all over the place. And so if, if you would ask them, even if nothing is on the menu, it's, it's never a problem. It's might be a problem for me when I do field work sometimes in communities where there are no alternatives, although I must say it's now being portrayed as something that is really urban elitist. But when I was living in the Jakarta slums, 
nobody ate meat there, or hardly, because it was just inaffordable for them. They would eat tempeh and tofu. And so I think sometimes we think it's something that is really expensive or trendy only, because we see the influencers on Instagram holding their green juices and kind of saying, hey, I went vegan and now I'm beautiful. But, you know, I think for large parts of the world, it's just the way in which people eat typically because meat is so expensive. Um, and, and if I think back about my, you know, four elders, if I think about my grandparents, for example, they would eat meat, but they would do it on Sundays because more was inaffordable. So, you know, I try to sketch a world in which we go back a little bit more to that. Um, but then we pick the cherries of what is available now, like really good plant-based alternatives for meat, for example. This is, maybe you can uh, help me with this. And, you know, I'm, I'm older than you and I grew up in omnivore, obviously. But the thing that, that turns me off is when someone says, hey, it's a hamburger but the patty is impossible. It's made of chickpeas and quinoa and whatever. I'd rather just have the vegetables, the grains in their natural state instead of trying to shape them into other things to masquerade as a hot dog or something. What, what do you think of that? Rick, I totally feel you. And I think there's a lot of, you know, there's almost, I think many of us know that there are big disadvantages to eating animal protein as much as we do now, right? There's, there's, I think there's plenty known about the effects for the environment, climate, and also for animal well-being because we're kind of stuck with this large-scale industrial farming. Nobody really feels good about that. But then it seems like the people who go plant-based or the producers try to kind of sell their products in a way that keeps things the same. And I agree with you, that doesn't work. Like, I live together with a cheese lover. The man I have a relationship with, (laughs) he loves his cheese. Now, if I would, you know, give him a bit of cashew nut-based cheese, he would get very grumpy because it doesn't taste the same. Mm -hmm. But if I would say, hey, this is just something nice for on a piece of bread he would just taste it as it is and say, hey, that's actually pretty good. So I think a lot goes wrong when we call it meat or cheese, and then you have a certain expectation. And I also agree with you that, you know, vegetarian food can be really, really good. That's why the chefs are so happy to make it and cook with it. You don't often need to artificially make it into something that still seems like it. However, for some people that really want to go more vegetarian, but they're so attached to, you know, that one dish, I don't know, some Indian curry with chicken. For them, it might be so much easier to have the same curry, but with a plant-based chicken instead, because they can do the same things. You know, so I think for them in the transformation, it might be helpful. But eventually, I hope we're just going to learn to cook in a different way. And that demands, you know, also becoming a little bit creative or using Google. It's really not that hard anymore. You just Google something and you have plenty of recipes that are easy and, and really, really good. There it is. We're just scratching the surface of this fascinating book, which is out today from Harper One. It's called Once Upon a Time We Ate Animals, The Future of Food. And we have been joined from the Netherlands by the author, Rowan Van Voorst. Rowan, congratulations on the book and thank you for stopping by. Thank you so much. All right. I'm Rick Tittle. And uh, I tell you what, 
um, I was in the store not that long ago and they had a plant-based pot roast and it was like human, like white people flesh. Can I say flesh? White people flesh colored. It was almost like pink and white and it was this big blob. It looked like a burrito that had gone sour and it said, this is a pot roast made of plants and I almost threw up on it and I hadn't even pulled it out of the plastic. Just let quinoa be quinoa, let chickpeas, be, let be chickpeas. And look, I just had an anthropologist who wrote a book agree with me. How, what do you think of that? All right, come on back. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-215-6812. 800-215-6812. That's 800-215-6812. Here's an important COVID-19 school system update for your local area. If you're concerned about your child's education, please pay close attention to this message. The current school systems were not set up for at-home learning. If you're worried that your child may not be getting the grades they need to get ahead, may be losing self-confidence, or you're worried about them getting into a good college because of their grades, help is available to you. Call Grade Potential Tutoring. They can help with in-home or online tutoring and help your child with any subject and every grade level, even for test prep. They're experts in the home tutoring and online tutoring field and confident they can help you and your child get better grades today. Call now for your free consultation. 800-693-8290. That's 800-693-8290. Hey, listen up. Before the weather changes, get new windows in your home and save possibly hundreds on your energy bill. Call the window replacement hotline right now and take advantage of their special savings event. Get your leaky, drafty windows replaced with energy-efficient, beautiful, virtually maintenance-free windows at this year's rock-bottom prices. Our prices are so low, we don't want to scare the competition. The only way to hear about our window savings is to call. Yes, you must call our special toll-free number for the 
best window replacement prices in town. Get your new windows, patio doors, and more from the Window Replacement Hotline. Get ready for the change in weather. Save on your energy bills. Call right now for tremendous prices on new windows and beautify your home. Call the Window Replacement Hotline now. 800-685-2080. Wait! She must have meant 10 o'clock at night. Do you think? Why would she have you meet her in a bar at 10 in the morning? I just figured she was a raging alcoholic. you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face, he would clown you. All right. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, welcome back to the show. We have a uh, open segment here. Coming up in the next segment, we'll have cinematographer Harris Zambralakis. Uh, he's here to talk about his movie Belfast, which is going to get Oscar nods. Also in the third hour, ATN's George Gamble will join us to talk a little soccer. We'll have Hall of Famer Mel Renfro back with us again. Of course, a lifetime with the Dallas Cowboys and Alonzo Bowden at Helium, Indianapolis, uh, comedian. And then uh, tomorrow, Tim Kazarinski will be on the show. And if uh, he was on SNL when I was in high school, he was part of the worst Saturday Night Live of all time. I say in quotes, as everyone was saying, is basically a 19-year-old Eddie Murphy. That was the guy who carried it, and maybe a little Joe Piscopo. But you had Julia Louis-Dreyfus, you had Robin Duke, you had Tony Rosato, you had, uh, I think Harry Shearer helped out now and then. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried... It was, uh, yeah, Gilbert Godfrey was on SNL. It was uh, it was a slower time, let's just say that. 1-800-878-PLAY. I don't know what happened with Kemba Walker in New York. Um, I was at the Knicks game a couple weeks ago, back when he was still rooted to the bench, and then he got a little mad. And apparently there were rumblings about how if you don't want to be here, you don't have to play. And I don't really know it was behind the scenes. But not only has he been playing more, he's been playing out of his mind. He had a triple-double on Christmas, the first ever in the history of the Knicks. And the Knicks have played on Christmas 54 times, which is the most in the NBA. And he didn't shoot particularly well from three. uh, Two for nine and three for 12 overall. But outside of Julius Randle, he did most of the playmaking. Derrick Rose was recovering from an ankle injury. Emmanuel quickly had a stint in the health and safety protocols. Miles McBride is in there as well. And when Walker checked out, he had played 40 minutes, and the crowd stood up and chanted his name. And that's, of course, following what he did on Thursday, which was 44 points against the Wizards. Remember, this is a guy who did not play a single minute 
from Thanksgiving to December 18th. Not a minute. It's crazy. But you think about guys coming off COVID. I mean, the Bucks had been without Giannis for five games, and then he got cleared on Christmas Eve. And not only did he lead all scorers with 36 points, he absolutely dominated and led the Bucks to a comeback win over Boston. And it really wasn't easy. I mean, Boston did everything it could to try to contain Antetokounmpo. And it did in the first half. He was three from eight. And then it was just sending two defenders at him as he came downhill over and over and over again, tried to swat the ball out of his hands. But uh, this just tells you a great player will overcome that. And then, of course, also on Christmas, a huge game for the Warriors to win at Phoenix. And once again, Curry, you'd say, well, statistically, maybe he didn't shoot very well. But if he scores 33 points, his all-time high on Christmas, there's nothing wrong with that. And if you look into the, the uh, hockey stat, a plus-minus, a plus-44. <clears throat> so Curry, by the way, has taken more three-pointers than he has ever in his career. And the Suns put the familiar defensive strategy out to try to contain him, and they ignored Otto Porter, who had to start that game, and he scored 19 points. And um, uh, you know, just showing that you've got to have people pick up the slack as as closer and closer as Clay Thompson is getting to actually coming back. But <clears throat> story today from the NBA is now that the Cleveland Cavaliers are the team that is most serious about dealing for Ben Simmons, who has yet to play in a game all year. I do think it's hilarious, though, that the Sixers are pushing votes for Ben Simmons for the All-Star, and the Warriors, tongue-in-cheek, put out a tweet to vote for Klay Thompson. It's tongue-in-cheek. Can you imagine? I mean, if Klay Thompson made the team, you'd say, oh, my gosh. What a Bucky Dent ride-in. He didn't even play all year. But if Ben Simmons made it, that would just be comedy. <laughs> He's completely healthy. And the Sixers are, are they just fine without him? But disgruntled all-star, that is his title. Not doctor, not mister, not miss. Disgruntled all-star Ben Simmons. And this is coming, this Cavs rumor from Adrian Wojnarowski. This is what uh, Woj says. Quote, Ben Simmons in Philadelphia, I think you'll start to see the 76ers re-engage teams. He is certainly no closer to agreeing to come back to play with the Sixers this season, and they don't have any traction on a trade yet. But here's an interesting team to watch, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who before they went on this really incredible start to the season had been engaged with Philly on Simmons. They've got some really intriguing assets, whether in a straight deal or perhaps a three- or four-team deal. It was reported earlier J.B. Bickerstaff agreed to a new extension through 2027. This is a team in Cleveland that's just a game out of third place. Philly is a team right now in that bunched-up East who could be out of the play-in with a couple of losses the way it's bunched up. So expect Philly to start talking more with teams as we get closer to that February 10th deadline. And it'll be interesting to see if Cleveland re-engages as a team that I think's built for long-term success with all their young players. Ben Simmons is only 25 years old. He does fit into that timeline of that team. <clears throat> End quote. Well, as long as those guys aren't traded. I mean, what would the Cavs put together? Remember, Daryl Morey said, look, I'm not going to uh, just eat this money 
and so I'm not going to give you away either. So um, people know that you're not playing. I'd rather you not play at all than us trading you for some garbage. And I admire him for that. I think most teams would say, look, what do you, what do you got? I'll give you, you know, <clears throat> I'll give you two twos. Take him. No. Maury's like, I'd be an idiot to give you two second-round picks. So what would the Cavs put together? Or a third team or a fourth team? Who would get involved? I mean, Colin Sexton is the main player that you would see as a return for Simmons, but he is out for the season. Out for the season. Knee surgery. So he's not going to help the Sixers this year. And if you think about how well they've played this year, there's no way they're trading Evan Mobley. They just drafted him. And you would think there's no way they're going to trade Darius Garland, who they took last year. So I would think Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and then everyone else on the roster, and then first-round picks. But like I said, probably not going to be enough. Then I've always found it fascinating, and it's mostly in the NBA with multiple teams, and it's usually because you got to make the money match, which is one of the rules. You know, you can't trade your richest guy for the 12th guy on the team. The money's got to get close, and then a lot of times you trade for a guy, and what do you do? You immediately cut him, (laughs) or we're just going to buy you out. Is there a better job than just getting bought? I guess, well, I guess you don't have a job anymore. To me, the greatest job in the world is uh, third-string NFL quarterback. Now, that's if you're done with your ambition. If you have ambition to play, that's a horrible job, but if you have no ambition, that's a fantastic job because you're on the team and you never even dress for the games, but you get hella money, and you get to play football. <clears throat> and then every once in a while, Noah, Peter, Noah Peterman, Nathan Peterman puts on a helmet, and then everybody starts screaming. The other trade rumor today was, as I mentioned, Russell Westbrook for John Wall. Huh. And you think about uh, what do the Lakers really need and then John Wall, who doesn't even play, basically, for the Wiz at this point. Um, the Rockets right now, the Rockets, the, 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 um, the Washington Wizards have no interest in helping the Lakers. You just think, would that be a better fit? You know, I mean, John Wall, when he's healthy, is so fantastic. I remember Wall was coming in the draft, and I thought, what if the Raiders... You know of the Raiders. What if the Warriors could pick him? And then I thought, well, they already have always have already have Curry at the point. And I thought, no, 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 this is basketball. You can play with two great ballers. You don't have to always have that. But if you think about um, the way Russell Westbrook has been playing defense, there was you know they kept showing this highlight over and over this game against Brooklyn, where Russell Westbrook wasn't even looking at Patty Mills, you know, for a three. And he just basically was just kind of standing around. I will say this. Once Patty Mills was open from three, Westbrook ran hellbent for election over there. (laughs) He ran pretty fast. But, yeah, he definitely will switch off. And, uh, you know, you think about guys like Harden. But to me, Westbrook is built like a brick S-house. He should be one of the toughest defenders in the league. I don't know. Just a rumor. We'll keep our eye on it. When we come back, though, we will talk to cinematographer Harris Zambrilokas. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Planet. 
Here at Alico.com, we work hard to offer a variety of quality products at an affordable price and are committed to providing you with an exceptional experience. With our rising outdoor living brand, we are delivering high-quality backyard products right to your door. Choose from a wide selection of awnings, gazebos, fencing, pet kennels, saunas, and more. View our full selection at Alico.com. That's A-L-E-K-O.com. 10% off plus free shipping on any item. Use code RADIO10 at checkout. Alico.com. Hello? You there in the car. Listen, if I was a cop, I'd pull you over and ask to see your insurance. Woo, I bet that would scare the heck out of you. (laughs) But seriously, I still want you to get your insurance papers out. Whoa, that's ridiculous. Look, we all have cars. That means insurance. But newsflash, you don't have to pay a fortune for it. What smart people all over the United States are doing is saving hundreds of dollars calling AIS Insurance. Some of you could be saving up to $600 a year. Maybe with an extra 600 you can get your car washed at least once a month. I mean, come on, look at it. Look, my job is to help you save money on your car insurance. So pick up the phone, call AIS Insurance right now, and get your car washed, please. 800-756-3744. 800-756-3744. 800-756-3744. That's 800-756-3744. Do you love driving, but you don't love your car payment? Open Road Lending can reduce your car payment by as much as $100 a month or more. It's easy to refinance your car payment. Just call today to get your no-obligation quote and find out how much you can save. To qualify for a lower car payment, your car should be less than 10 years old, have less than 125,000 miles, and you've made at least six on-time payments. Call Open Road Lending today to learn how you can lower your rate and your payment by refinancing. It's easy, only takes a few minutes, and there's no cost or obligation to apply and get approved. Call today and see how much you can save. 800-871-9417. That's 800-871-9417. Terms and conditions apply. Financing is available with approved credit. See openroadlending.com for details. So a friend told me about Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and his exact words were, it changed my life. I used to spend a ridiculous amount of time trying to remove tomato sauce from inside our microwave and soap scum off the bathtub. It's like seriously magic and my secret weapon for cleaning the kitchen, bathroom, doors and walls and even keeping my sneakers clean. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. Greatest invention ever. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, the unicorn of cleaning. I'm not insightful enough to be a movie critic. Maybe I could be a food critic. These muffins taste bad. Or an art critic. That painting is bad. I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating. Thank you for that, and welcome back to the program. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world. On the American Force uh, Nadio Network. 
<laughs> Hadio bet work. Uh, we're just waiting on our cinematographer. Um, news today uh, from USA Hockey. Remember, the NHL pulled out of the Olympics in Beijing, but that doesn't mean that we're not sending a team. We're sending a team of amateurs. And uh, Penguins head coach Mike Sullivan <clears throat> uh, had to uh, step aside as the boss of Team USA. So in his absence today, they have named David Quinn, uh, the new head coach, and John Van Beesbrook is the general manager, uh, the uh, great um, ranger of the day. Quinn told the AP, quote, to be named a head coach under these circumstances, it's bittersweet in some ways. We were all hoping that the NHL guys were going to go, but to be named head coach for the 2022 Olympic team is an incredible honor. And we'll talk about about that more in a second, but it is our pleasure now to be joined by the seasoned Hollywood cinematographer, Harris Zambarlukos, and he's here to talk about the new movie, Belfast, which he shot, of course, uh, the Belfast of Sir Kenneth Branagh's childhood. Harris, welcome to the show. When when you think about uh, a ways that you could shoot something like this, obviously it's going to be gritty when you think about the streets of Belfast and the troubles of the times, but there's also an innate beauty to Northern Ireland as well. How did you mix those two together? Well, one of the things about the film is it's told completely through the eyes of a nine-year-old child. So um, we decided quite early on to shoot primarily in black and white for many reasons. It's a far more intimate medium in terms of the intimacy with the emotions of our characters. It seems to distract less and be more uh, uh, lucid in its uh, portrayal of uh, in a character, but um, I felt that most films about Belfast at that time were quite gritty and grainy, and children don't really see or feel that way. Mm -hmm. So we chose a particular type of black and white, a very, very clean, grainless black and white, um, with a very, very kind of large um, and glossy palette. We wanted it to look like a a life magazine spread on the period, um, inspired by the great magnum photographers of the time, um, and to just get a glimpse into that world. That's fascinating the way you uh, approach it. Was there any kind of um, backlash from the studios saying, people don't want black and white films, what are you doing? Well, at the time, we were a completely independent film. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our producers were completely on board with our thoughts, This was a very, very, very small uh, project we made just after lockdown. We wanted to quickly get back into the swing of things after this was, we're talking, um, uh, 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 we're talking June last year we started. Mm -hmm. So things were just opening up and we were one of the first films to go into production at the end of the first lockdown. So really, I think everyone was just happy to be working at that point. And, you know, when you hear about Belfast, I think the first thing we think of is, you know, the Troubles and the IRA and the the Loyalists and uh, just, the you know, obviously the, a lot of the, the tragic happenings. But in the eyes of a boy, how are you able to shoot that without that sort of grim specter, that sort of, uh, you know, dark cloud over everything? Well, th- that particular boy, and it was very easy to get the information about this because this is... Um, 
quite a personal story for Ken. This really is a version of his memory of his childhood. But he was so lovingly protected by his parents and his family and his neighborhood that um, uh, in these times of trouble, they tried to um, uh, show the we wanted to show a different side, and he was shown a different side of this life. We often talked about uh, other people who had gone through um, uh, some troubles, and of course, like to much greater extents than um, uh, uh, the troubles in Belfast, but the Dalai Lama in his exile, he always talked about the joyful participation in the sorrows of life. That is a lesson to us all, and I think without, I, th I think, having spoken to Ken so uh, intimately about this, it's not as if uh, his parents were aware of any of this, but they certainly had that, uh, uh, that, in, that kind of song in their souls, and that's how they raised their children, and that's the story we wanted to tell. It's very interesting. We're speaking with Harris Zambra-Lucas, the movie Belfast. How is it when you, you know, you're a cinematographer, you know, and whether you're the DP as well, but you have the director and the director has a vision and he wants, or he or she wants this. And how much of it is it a collaborative effort? And so how much of it do you have to kind of like dig in your heels and say, no, look, I know what I'm doing. It's going to be much better this way. And then maybe you got to shoot it two different ways. How does that all work out? Well, we've made eight films with Ken. So, uh, we are, um, a bit of an old married couple when it comes to being on set. Um, <laughs> And it works very well because I listen to him. And um, I listen to him because he really kind of knows his stuff. And, um, but I also know that he trusts me a lot. So if I, when I do say, I think it might be better this way, he knows I'm saying it because I truly feel that there's something else. He's never once not looked at um, an angle or a thought. And we're quite... Um, although in many ways we might be quite similar, we're also quite opposed in, in, in other ways so that we complement each other. Uh, an example at work, um, you will often find Ken like on the ground with a viewfinder looking through the legs of a bed to get onto the hospital scene, the, th uh, the three-part uh, sequence with um, um, uh, Pops, uh, Pa and Buddy. Um, at the same time, I said, oh, that's a great angle. But I, and I was hanging off a ladder outside trying to see what I could find from, about, from that same scene through a window with reflections and with a different type of story going on. You know, One I'm... showed mm -hmm. the entrapment and the other showed maybe the possible release from pain. Um, but we complemented each other in that way. Hmm, it's very interesting. For you, someone who knows him so well, what would be your sort of, if you have one, a quintessential Kenneth Brahma moment? Because when I think of him, all I think of is the the St. Crispin's Day speech of the Battle of Agincourt and Henry V, and that what was that? That was in the, the late 80s. It's still, you know, we few, we happy few. That's still, that's still, it was just delivered so powerful. I know he directed himself uh, in that movie. For, for you, what would be that moment? Oh, he is the consummate professional. I've never, ever, like, he's always striving for excellence and excellence in everything. And it's just so rare. I can't describe it, but he brings out the best in you by doing that because he leads by example. Um, I would feel like I would be letting the team down if I did anything less. Um, 
So I think that that is a mark of a, a really great director, one that leads by example. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Uh, the other thing is, when he left the Troubles, he was able to get to Berkshire, uh, moving to Reading when he was nine, I believe. But growing up Protestant, but yet having Catholic friends, and uh, what was that dichotomy like for him? Because children aren't aware of, of uh, these uh, such things. I think they weren't aware of it on his street until it came out. Mm -hmm. I think... Um, again, it's it wasn't my life, but knowing Ken. Here, I'll, <laughs> here you, you have a drink of water. Let me pick it up here for a second. Yes, um, because I think about when you have someone giving their own experience, and it, was it down to the, you know, the, the cutlery and the crockery and the table and that chair isn't right, or was there a little more poetic license in the way you were able to reproduce his childhood? The way Ken describes it, he describes it as a memory. Mm -hmm. And although he was fantastic in giving us clues about either how he felt or how it looked, for example, to Charlotte, our costume designer, he said most things were knit hmm. or made for a purpose. We had few items of clothing and we looked after them well. We were modest, very modest in our, in our earnings and our living but we took great pride in, in the way we, we, we looked. Um, we went and location scouted Belfast with um, Ken, and he took us personally through his entire um, neighborhood and life through Belfast. We walked to the street where he would look at um, his childhood sweetheart and wait for her. Hmm. We did all these things. Um, and it and it really opened up something in all of us. I, I wouldn't. I, I'll tell you what really happened, and it was really interesting because I've never ever done a film that way. If you meet a friend one day and um, he starts opening up about his past and about things that um, uh, formed him or her and became became the most crucial part of their upbringing and their outlook, um, it instills a certain kind of bravery in you to talk about your own past and that's something that friends often do when they open up to each other it just by one person opening up then the other person opens up as well and you find a common ground and you find that you might have suffered from kind of um, common problems as a child or um, uh, as a young adult but I've never experienced that as a filmmaker where uh, the process is is one of friendship and intimacy and honesty and i i believe that some of the results that you see on the screen are because of that very very special collaboration does has ken brought you over to the tottenham hotspur side i have been to the stadium with him <laughs> i'm not a a big football fan i am a um i'm an ocean lover i grew up on the by the ocean in cyprus i'm a, a a surfer and a windsurfer, and those are my passions, but um, not much into land sports. But um, I only last month or a month and a half ago, we went to Spurs with Ken to see Chelsea play. And um, I hadn't been in a, anything 
quite, there were 64,000 people screaming. Mm -hmm. I turned around to Ken and I said, how can these players even, I mean, I'd be, I, I wouldn't be able to move. I'd be frozen. <laughs> it just like from a performance point of view, you know, I saw, I didn't see just the athleticism. I saw the performance aspect of this all. Mm -hmm. And it was just riveting, absolutely riveting. Mm -hmm. I bring it up because I've also been there. I'm a lifelong Tottenham fan. We've been speaking with cinematographer Harris Zombrolokas. Make sure to check out Belfast and another Hercule Poirot down the uh, down the pike, Death on the Nile, coming out soon. Harris, congratulations on the film, and uh, thanks for spending a little time with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break and come on back on Sports Byline. Listen up. Before the weather changes, get new windows in your home and save possibly hundreds on your energy bill. Call the window replacement hotline right now and take advantage of their special savings event. Get your leaky, drafty windows replaced with energy-efficient, beautiful, virtually maintenance-free windows at this year's rock-bottom prices. Our prices are so low, we don't want to scare the competition. The only way to hear about our window savings is to call. Yes, you must call our special toll-free number for the best window replacement prices in town. Get your new windows, patio doors, and more from the window replacement hotline. Get ready for the change in weather. Save on your energy bills. Call right now for tremendous prices on new windows and beautify your home. Call the window replacement hotline now. 800-685-2080. 800-685-2080. That's 800-685-2080. Here's a simple solution for you. If you have back pain, knee pain, or any other pain in your body, it's as simple as drinking a glass of water every day. Your body is over 60% water, and drinking the best water you can get is crucial for your health. Echo Antioxidant Water, developed by Synergy Science, is the best water you can drink, and it's only available through this special radio offer. Over 1,000 research studies have shown that the powerful antioxidant used in Echo Antioxidant Water can reduce inflammation, improve brain function, help you sleep better, and boost gut health. With just two glasses a day, you can experience these benefits right from the comfort of your home. Some people have even replaced their morning coffee jolt with Echo Antioxidant Water. Call now and learn which Echo product by Synergy Science is right for you. We offer free shipping and a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Change your health by simply changing your water. 800-944-1789. 800-944-1789. That's 800-944-1789. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. 
You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845, that's 800-760-1845. I joined the army because my father and my brother were in the army. I thought I'd better join before I got drafted. Son, uh, there ain't no draft no more. There was one? Tittle always goes commando. All right. Uh, thank you for that. We have a uh, another uh, hour coming up. Great to have you with us. 1-800-878-PLAY. You ain't got no alibi. You ugly girl. You ugly. Uh, we'll have uh, George Gamble talk a little soccer from againstthenumber.com. We'll also have Mel Renfro, the NFL Hall of Famer, whole career with Dallas, and Alonzo Bowden, the uh, comedian. He'll be at uh, Helium, Indianapolis. Also coming up this week, Tim Kazarinski and uh, Tommy Chong. <clears throat> I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. That was Cheech. Um, Harris Zamberlokas had something that happens to all of us. And uh, what that is, he started gagging on his own spit or whatever. And believe me, I've been there. That's why I said I'll take it. I didn't take it long enough. I think one of my favorite moments when it comes to that, I did a show years and years ago about 10 years ago with John Dickinson on 95.7 FM. And I started getting a coughing fit during a commercial. And I, I said, I might need to go outside and you'll have to carry it. He's like, okay. So I start coughing and I, I point at my voice and I go outside the studio. Then I come back in and then he does it. <laughs> it got contagious. Then he had to go outside and cough out a lung. Oh, live radio, live broadcasting. Catch it right here on Sports Byline. Another hour together. Come on back, y'all. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. Strong weather sweeping parts of the United States brought frigid temperatures to the Pacific Northwest, heavy snow to the mountains in Northern California and Nevada. In fact, six inches of snow was reported in Seattle, Washington on Monday. Warm weather will continue through the southeast. As the pandemic enters its third year, the National Governors Association met Monday. The White House is now asking states to step up and address the pandemic. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. I'm looking at Governor Sununu on the board here. He talks about that a lot. 
and it ultimately gets down to where the rubber meets the road, and that's where the patient is in need of help. It should be noted White House officials kicked the media out of the room before we could hear Biden take questions from governors on COVID-19. Monday Night Football last night, the Dolphins beat the Saints 20-3. to USA Radio News. Hi, this is Wayne Alaroot. It's official. Inflation is at its highest level since the 1980s, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. What most people don't know is that it's actually much worse. Inflation may be higher now than the 1980s since the new measurements exclude food and energy. Gas prices up 58%, energy up 33%. What can you do about it? Protect yourself and your family. Only gold, silver, and other hard assets give you true protection. My friends at Tangible Investments guarantee the absolute lowest prices on precious metals. Check them out at TII1.com or call 800-300-8441. Tangible Investments has 40 years of experience and billions, that's with a B, billions in transactions. Call 800-300-8441 if you want help with gold, silver, platinum. They guarantee you the best prices plus excellent service. Call Tangible Investments now, 800-300-8441 or visit TII1.com. They also provide free verbal appraisals. Lightning never strikes twice in the same place, but nobody wants to be struck by lightning. Closed-circuit television footage in Jakarta, Indonesia, has captured a security guard who luckily survived a direct hit by lightning, according to local media. In the video, shared by an Indonesian media company and reported on social media, the man can be seen walking in the rain under an umbrella some 15 seconds after he enters the frame. A blast and sparks can be seen in the very place he walked, and the footage then shows him lying on the wet ground. He fails to get up, and people run toward him. The man survived, having suffered burns to his hands, according to Tetic News. It is believed the guard's walkie-talkie, which he had in his hands, attracted the lightning. From the USA Radio News, West Texas Bureau, I'm Brad Bernards. Lightning can heat the air it passes through to 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's five times hotter than the surface of the sun. USA Radio News. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, and I want to tell you that arthritis is not a genetic thing. It's not a disease of aging. Neither is osteoporosis. Get a hold of my book. It's all in your head. It goes into the 25 different diseases you get when you have osteoporosis of the skull. These are all reversible. You take the healthy bone and joint pack, the MSM, vitamin D3, stay away from all the bad foods, including gluten, and guess what? You'll regrow all your bones, including your skull and your legs and your hips and everything else. Contact us at usaradiohealth.com. That's usaradiohealth.com. As candidate Biden promised to shut down the virus, President Biden joins the White House COVID-19 response team's regular call with the National Governors Association to explain the responsibility now falls on the states. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. I'm looking at Governor Sununu on the board here. He talks about that a lot. And it ultimately gets down to where the rubber meets the road. And that's where the patient is in need of help or preventing the need for uh, help. Look, uh, Gov, thank you for, uh, for what you're doing. Thank you for the National Governors Association and Vice Chair Murphy across the river. All's, all's well in New Jersey, I assume, Gov. Here today, Democrats and Republicans, uh, we've discussed the rising COVID cases, especially coming out of the holidays. As I said last week, Omicron is a source of concern, but it should not be a source of panic. If you're fully vaccinated and you get your booster shot and you're highly protected, if you're unvaccinated, you're at a high risk of getting severely ill from COVID-19, being hospitalized, and in rare cases, even dying. 
And this is not like March of 2020, the beginning of the pandemic. We're prepared and we know what it takes to save lives, protect people and keep schools and businesses open. We just have to stay focused and continue to work together. My message to the governor is simple. If you need something, say something. Lance Pry, USA Radio News. If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bones. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them, and it's proudly made in the USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-437-8217. 800-437-8217. That's 800-437-8217. Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch. Hey, thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. 1-800-878-PLAY. Come on in and get heard. We're here for you. This is what we do. This is how we we do's it. 1-800-878-PLAY. Got some uh, guests booked. Againstthenumber.com. That's coming up next. The topic will be soccer. Something near and dear to me. The Hall of Famer Mel Renfro will come on. How about them, cowboy? And uh, Alonzo Bowden uh, as well. And um, if uh, you want to uh, talk um, to me, just just call me up. 1-800-878-PLAY. You can also, uh, if you like, uh, get on in on the email. It's rick at sportsbyline.com. Just go there and uh, click listen live and you'll be able to hear all the shows and everybody will have a great day. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I think what's interesting about the the Band of Brothers speech that I was talking about before, which before going to King Henry, it's actually Westmoreland, which I always thought was kind of funny growing up. But um, the, the line that... Um, and gentlemen now abed shall think themselves accursed that they were not here and hold their manhoods cheap whilst any in England speaks that fought with us upon St. Crispin's Day. I always love that. You know, the first phone call ever was Alexander Graham Bell at this exhibition in Philadelphia. And he just said, to be or not to be, to be or not to be. And the guy on the other end said, I can actually hear you. Like, oh, really? It tells you what uh, Bill Shakespeare has uh, on us. 
but uh, will hold their manhoods cheap. I love that. <laughs> you were you there? You know what the hell you're talking about. You know you're not a man. I was there, man. I saw it, dude. I was there, dude. It was gnarly. There, the French were there, and then all right, come on back on byline. What are you so happy about? I'm on the pill. Aren't you two a bit old to worry about having more kids? Not her. Me. Uh, you lost me there, buddy. Steel man pills. Things weren't always looking up if you catch my drift. So my doctor prescribed me a little something. Like Viagra? Yeah, but that's expensive and it wasn't covered by my insurance. Steel man pills cost me less than three bucks a pill and virtually the same effect. I just called and got over 40 pills for only $99. I have this friend who might be looking and... Well, if your friend wants some help, the consultation is free over the phone. No clinic. Steel Man Pill sends it in the mail in a confidential package. I'm on it. I mean, my friend will be on it. Steel Man Pills. Going the extra mile to help men with erectile dysfunction. 800-399-3691. 800-399-3691. That's 800-399-3691. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at Low Cost Airlines. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. Are you 60 plus and love to travel? Introducing the Senior Travel Discount Network, brought to you by Low Cost Airlines. Call us anytime, day or night, and save up to 75% on your airline and hotel reservations. We can help you save a ton of money to fly almost anywhere. We have inside discounts on over 500 airlines and 500,000 hotels worldwide. And when you call and mention the discount code 60 plus, we'll give you an extra free night with your qualified air and hotel reservation. Now you can get the best prices on air and hotel reservations with your phone. We make it easy and fast for you to save money and book a trip. Remember, call the Senior Travel Discount Network. Mention the discount code 60 plus for your free hotel night with your qualified reservation. Call now. 800-493-6118. 800-493-6118. That's 800-493-6118. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a he's so handsome. He's a genius. Yeah. 
Yes, it is 11-12 out here on the West Coast. That means it's time to check in with one of the prognosticators at AgainstTheNumber.com, which is a highly skilled team of premium sports handicappers focused on one thing and one thing only, beating the sports books at their own game. They cover every sport worldwide, from the NFL to college basketball to soccer to cricket to tennis to European hockey, and all of them are proven winners. They offer full season, end of current season, one month, one week, one day, and one year specialist specific packages. Their prices are reasonable, their tracking and distribution process is simple, and their results are real. Joining us from AgainstTheNumber.com is George Gamble, and uh, we're here to talk uh, some uh, soccer. George, welcome to the uh, show again, and um, as a Spurs man, very disappointed to see Tottenham drop two points at St. Mary's this morning. Uh, Harry Kane offside, I guess, by one piece of fiber uh, in his kit. What do you think about VAR and instead of the spirit of the law with this letter of the law measuring things down to the micro fractions? I mean... Hi, first of all, hope it's uh, all going well. But uh, yeah, I, I watched the game myself and I honestly couldn't believe it. Um, you know, when VAR came in, uh, obviously a lot of people were against it. I was personally for it. I thought, you know, it was finally catching up to a lot of other sports who, you know, utilise um, video assistant refereeing and been able to go back and uh, make the correct decision. But it just seems to take in a while. Um, we're still actually going through it for it to kind of infiltrate into the game properly and being used effectively. It's almost as if it's being overused for fear of making any mistakes, but you know the result of that is you're going through things with a fine tooth comb, and you're you're coming with decisions that realistically you shouldn't be giving. But the Harry Kane one, where he was offside, it's probably his nose that was offside. You know, it was just so tight. And they said at the beginning of the season they were going to stop doing that. You know, if it was marginal, they were going to give uh, the advantage to the attacker. But it just seems to be it's not the way at the moment, and that's cost Tottenham three points there. Uh, there's no doubt they should have won the game, and it's incredibly unfortunate. What do you think about Antonio Conte and what he has done to the side and what Tottenham will do in N17 come January? Well, I'm a massive fan of uh, Conte. I think he's done brilliantly. Uh, The only issue with Conte is he never seems to stay anywhere for too long, but what he does do in the time that he is at a club is he gets uh, the winning formula, he implements that well, um, and the teams do exceptionally well under him, and I think you're starting to see that with Spurs. You know, no manager in Spurs history um, has come into the club and not lost any of their opening seven games, but Antonio Conte has managed to achieve that. Um, and you're seeing signs of what he's trying to do there. So I think depending on the recruitment strategy they put in place in uh, in January, who, what kind of players they can bring in, there's nothing stopping them for putting a challenge on that top four. I do think with the squad they have, they're, you know, they're still years behind the likes of Manchester City and Liverpool but there's no reason why they cannot be challenging for a top four place uh, and also, as a result, a place in next year's Champions League. When you look just above the trap door, there's Everton in 15th, and they were a bit stunned when Ancelotti left. But when Rafa Benitez came in, you kind of thought, well, this this guy knows what he's doing. And here they are sitting with 19 points and 17 games. What's going on at Goodison? Yeah, it's a bit of a tricky one at Everton. As you said, when Ancelotti left, it kind of raised a few eyebrows. Um, obviously, the, the lure of Real Madrid is going to test anyone, particularly when you're a manager, you know, with, with all due respect to Everton. Real Madrid are a, a much more a kind of privileged position, really. But yeah, Everton have been struggling. They've had to contend with a lot of injuries this season, particularly to the key players um, in their forward positions, such as Dominic Calvert-Lewin uh, and Richarlison, who are kind of mainly responsible for, for the output of Everton. They're the ones that they go to for the goals. 
um, creation of those goals. And when one of them is missing, it becomes very, very difficult. Um, but the main problem with them is they just can't stop conceding goals. They concede some very, very sloppy goals. If you look at their away record this season, the nine games they've played on the road, they've won just once. Um, and they've only scored eight goals. That's less than a goal a game away from home. But they've conceded 16. Conceding twice as many goals as you're scoring is never a recipe for success. Um, and their away form needs to improve if they want to start pushing up the table. But yeah, Rafa's got a job on his hands. Um, but I think if they can stick with him, Rafa's been a proven winner wherever he's been. Newcastle fans love him. Um, and I think if they stick with him, he can turn it around. But for sure, the problem with Everton at the moment is uh, just conceding goals and they need to tighten up at the back. You mentioned the Toon Army, and uh, anyhow, probably um, much to his chagrin, they didn't get all three points against Man United, and of course, Sam Maximin limping off at the end. Hopefully, he'll be all right. But you know, they have more money than any club in the world, basically. But you can't buy yourself out of trouble. And as nice as it is to draw with Man United, they need to start picking up three points. Do you think Newcastle will pull themselves out of the bottom three, or do you think this is going to be a rude awakening for these rich owners? I think they certainly can. I mean, they're only two points adrift um, from safety at the moment, um, and the teams that are just outside the relegation zone also aren't performing that well either. So I think they can do it. I think they've shown the fight. You know, that, that game against United, I was very, very impressed with them. They dominated that game, and how they didn't win against Manchester United it defies logic. It really doesn't. St. Maximum, you know, he's been the catalyst for whenever they have a good performance. He's usually the man at the centre of that. But now they've got players such as Joe Linton up top with a, a new role that Eddie Howe's given him and he's starting to produce the goods too. I think they need to have a very, very good January and, and they need to have a few strategic purchases. Rather, you know, everyone sort of thinks, oh, they've got all of this money they can go out and buy the best players in the world. But it doesn't work that way. We saw when Manchester City got the money, they strategically just constantly improved the squad that they had, and eventually they had an enviable squad. Um, so I think if they can get a few decent additions um, to lift the spirits, you know, really cause opposition problems, I think they'll be okay. I think the fact that you know they're the biggest club, obviously in Newcastle, the only club in Newcastle, they've got the fans, they've got the support, and they've now got the financial support as well. Um, they just need to start picking up those wins, and the import, the performances are improving. You look at the underlying data and. You know, they really are starting to improve. So I think over the period of time, I think they'll start getting those points. And I think they were just about saving themselves from relegation. But it remains to be seen. And if the teams above them can start improving too, then it makes that task even more difficult. Wanted to ask you as well about Man United. And, uh, you know, they, they think maybe those three points against Spurs cost them because Solskjaer stayed and then Tottenham got Conte. But with Ralph Rangnick coming in as an interim, it's an interesting situation to hire someone just to sort of uh, shepherd them uh, into the summer. Um, what are they going to do in January? And, and do you think that the, the selection of Rangnick was uh, a wise one? I do think the selection of Rangnick um, was a wise one. I mean, I'm, I've always been a Manchester City fan, so seeing United's plight, you know, the fan of me is absolutely loving it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, with Rangnick, he's a very, very good coach. And it was one that I was kind of annoyed they got because, yes, I know he was only managing Lokomotiv Moscow, but there's a reason the likes of Jurgen Klopp sing his praises. You know, he is a very, very good coach. He's very organized. He's great with working with players. Um, he's not had too much chance to kind of, you know, implement his style there. Um, so it's, I think it's unfair to judge straight away. But, I think my biggest qualm with United was with Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't think that was the player they needed to bring in. Yeah, it was a statement signing. Brilliant, bringing him back. But 
is not the one that they want. You know, the modern football is one of where you press, you have high intensity, high energy, you win that ball back quickly. Ronaldo doesn't offer that. Yes, he can win a goal out of nothing, but if you watched the game last night, you saw that when things aren't going his way, he does like a win, he does like a moan, and that's not what you want from your star players. You want them to drag you over that finish line, uh, and we didn't see that from him. Um, United, they have been disappointing, and you know they went away to Norwich in the game prior to Newcastle, and Norwich are very unlucky not to get something from the game. And In my opinion, Norwich are one of the worst sides in the league, so something needs to improve, but... I'm not even sure it's a case of bringing in new personnel in January. I think it just needs, needs coaching. I think some of these players, they almost look a bit disinterested and sometimes not, not very good. I know it sounds very basic to say, but they don't look good enough to play for Manchester. For example, Fred in midfield, he doesn't seem to be able to cut out the, the line of passing to break through um, for the opponents. And, and it costs them time and time again. Harry Maguire at the back, I think he's going through a lot of pressure at the moment. You know, His name's obviously in the papers quite a bit with people judging his performances. So I think it's just more a case of confidence. And I think if Ranić can instill a bit of confidence in them, if they can put a few results together, I think we could see a much, much improved Manchester United. Yes, and your uh, citizens, six points clear right now. Liverpool in second with a game in hand. We've been speaking with George Gamble. All that type of uh, knowledge and insight can be found at againstthenumber.com. Once again, George Gamble. George, thanks for coming on. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to yourself as well. Thank you very much for having me on. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break and come on back on Sports Byline. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-215-6812. 800-215-6812. That's 800-215-6812. Here's an important COVID-19 school system update for your local area. If you're concerned about your child's education, please pay close attention to this message. The current school systems were not set up for at-home learning. If you're worried that your child may not be getting the grades they need to get ahead, may be losing self-confidence, or you're worried about them getting into a good college because of their grades, help is available to you. Call Grade Potential Tutoring. They can help with in-home or online tutoring and help your child with any subject and every grade level, even for test prep. They're experts in the home tutoring and online tutoring field and confident they can help you and your child get better grades today. 
Call now for your free consultation. 800 693 Madrid or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low cost airlines. 800 Rick Tittle at the laundromat last night, and I was hella checking him out. I just kept staring at him, and he played like I wasn't even there. I be like that then. All right, that's elaborate. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome back to the show NFL Hall of Famer Mel Renfro here to talk about uh, Coach Ditka's charity, the Gridiron Greats Assistance Fund, and also PorkRindAppreciationDay.com as well. Mel, welcome back to the show. I think a lot of people uh, know your career with uh, Dallas and even Oregon, but take us back, if you would, to Portland at Jefferson High School because that team with Terry Baker at quarterback, you, you, you and your brother, Mickey Herger, that's one of the greatest high school teams of all time, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, we were, uh, we didn't lose, I didn't lose a game my whole high school career. And with my brother and, and uh, Terry Baker, uh, we, uh, two state championships, uh, you know, just a great high school experience, and you know, it carried. You know, I ran track also, and we won championships. But uh, it carried on into the University of Oregon, and right on into the Dallas Cowboys, and you know, the the rest is history. I would think the way you were as the high school athlete of the year that you were getting recruited all over the country, whether it was USC, Notre Dame, Alabama. It, did you pick the ducks so you could stay home and your family and friends could see you? Well, actually, uh, my parents picked the school that I went to. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to go to Oregon State. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the coach down there was highly recruiting me. Uh, you know, my sophomore, junior, senior year in high school, and I committed verbally—not well, not verbally, uh, but. Uh, 
in my mind, I was going to go to Oregon State. But uh, when uh, it was time to commit, um, my dad said, you're going to Oregon. So obviously, uh, Bill Barman, the track coach, and uh, uh, the football coach at the University of Oregon had convinced my dad and my parents that uh, Oregon was the place to go. So he said, that's where you're going, son, and that's where I went. And yet Terry Baker went to Corvallis. Did he say, what are you doing, man? We can keep this going here at Oregon State. <laughs> well, that's what I wanted to do. Because he was there, and I wanted to go and be with Terry Baker. And, but my dad threw a monkey wrench into that. It <laughs> you know, ended up uh, being the right decision. I was going to say, too bad it didn't work out, huh? College. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about, um, you know, as I said, uh, Mike Dicka, the Gridiron Greats Assistant Fund. As we know, football takes a toll, especially to the men that played during your generation. And a lot of them, when the career was over, they just simply got forgotten. And so what is it like to, to help in a lot of people who do need that type of health right now? Well, fortunately, uh, I had the opportunity to play against Mike Ditka and to play with him and be a coach, uh, play, uh, play under him when he was a coach for the Cowboys. And and, and Mike is just a tremendously uh, energetic guy and uh, very, very uh, excitable. And uh, I really, uh, you know, when he asked me to, to, to join the Gridiron Greats, you know, without a doubt, you know, I was going to be there for Mike. And when uh, the Pork Ryan people called, uh, and asked me to, to be involved. I said, with Mike Ditka and Pork Ryan and Super Bowl, I mean, that's a great combination. So I just jumped at the chance, and, you know, I'm just happy to be a part of this uh, opportunity to raise funds for, you know, the players that, that, like you say, didn't make the monies that they're making these days, and they're suffering at this time, and uh, we need to help them, and that's why, you know, I want to be a part of that effort, to give give something back. It's very cool. We're speaking, of course, with Mel Renfro, the Hall of Famer. Your your track and field uh, career was outstanding in high school and college, to say the least. All-American champion. Do, were you ever invited to the Olympic trials and high hurdles, broad jump, any of that? Well, I was actually training to for the decathlon hmm. uh, to go to the Olympics. And uh, it, it just, unfortunately, that was... Uh, my 64 was my draft year, and I uh, was drafted by the Cowboys, and, you know, those dollar signs showed up, and I would have to have foregone, uh, you know, the, the opportunity to make money with the Cowboys, and uh, so I decided to take the money and, uh, and play football rather than go to the Olympics, and I, I don't know if it was a right or wrong decision, but uh, that, that's exactly what happened. And so the Cowboys drafted you, and then is this true that the the draft kind of came to a screeching halt because in the days before the Combine, we didn't have one hospital checking everybody out. They kind of panicked and thought maybe you had a bad wrist or something? Uh, when President John F. Kennedy was assassinated, our, our rival game with Oregon State was uh, postponed and uh, everybody was distraught, uh, just a terrible time. And I was sitting in my, my apartment uh, that night just, you know, drinking beer with the boys. And I just got mad and banged my fist into a mirror. And, uh, guys, I was sitting there bleeding to death. And, and one of my uh, teammates said, boy, we got to get you to the hospital. So I ended up in the hospital, and, and, and it wasn't sure whether I was going to be able to play football again. Hmm. But, uh, you know, the Cowboys called, you know, 
every doctor that they could to get me checked out, and it turned out I was going to be fine. So you know, when the when the second round of the draft came around, they picked me right right uh, you know right off the bat, and so fortunately I became a Dallas Cowboy. Yeah, and you say second round pick, you were still 17th overall, which would put you right in the middle of the first round now. So what was it like you show up and Tom Landry says, you can forget about being a running back, you're going to play defensive back. Did you fight that or did you embrace it? Well, back in those days, you didn't you didn't oppose the coaches. <laughs> you know, these guys nowadays, they kind of, you know, they become their own coach. But, you know, Landry said, well, you know, I'm not going to play a rookie, so... Um, on offense, so he threw me out there at free safety and put me on the special teams and punt return and kickoff returns. Actually, I led the league my rookie year mm-hmm. in uh, kickoff. I gained more yards than our running backs. So Landry said, "Well, hey, that's that's his spot." So they left me in uh, offense for well two years. The third year they switched me to, to offense to see, you know, because I was gaining so many yards on the, on the kick returns and, and punts. So. But the first game, first league game against the New York Giants, I got uh, got hurt, uh, broke my ankle, and went back to defense. And actually, uh, still made the Pro Bowl that year. And they put me back on defense and just kept me there. So that uh, was fortunate for me because I think it extended my career. Because uh, getting those hits on offense would have probably limited my career by at least five years. Well, that. That 64 draft, you, Bob Hayes, Roger Staubach, I mean, that was one of the most important drafts in the history of that team. And by the way, did you ever race with Bob Hayes at practice? There was no... Well, Bob had tremendous speed, but I had tremendous quickness. Mm -hmm. I could probably beat Bob in the 40-yard dash, but he would probably pass me in about 60 or 70 yards. Mm -hmm. So we we never raced. Uh, There was no need to do that because we knew... Uh, what our abilities were, and uh, you know, we didn't want anybody pulling muscles, uh, the press getting a hold of this or that. So we, um, you know, we we were good. We didn't we didn't need to to compete to see who was the fastest. <laughs> the great Mel Renfro. Make sure to check out online porkrindappreciationday.com and also uh, official Gridiron Greats uh, on social media, Facebook at official. Gridiron greats to help out with uh, Coach Dicka's charity as well. Mel, always great talking football with you. Thank you so much for coming on. You bet, Rick. Nice talking to you. All right. And for people who don't remember Mel Renfro, he basically was Deion Sanders uh, in his day. <clears throat> but he could hit you. The funny thing is he had, you know, the the bald head but with the hair on the sides and then later on when he became a coach he shaved his head he looked younger you look younger when you shave your head completely than if you have the hair on the sides but anyway he was Deion Sanders he was that good except he was also intimidating Deion Sanders was never intimidating Deion Sanders was never going to knock you out Mel Renfro could knock you out uh as well but um yeah I I love that answer he's like did you did you uh, embrace that? And he's like, uh, those those weren't the days where you were going to complain. One way, but think about that. You're a second-round pick, and you're 17th overall. Like I said, that that literally is the middle of the first round of the, uh, the, the draft right now. So 
to say second round pick is a little bit of a misnomer. The great Mel Renfro. Very cool. We'll take a quick break and we'll come on back with comedian Alonzo Bowden. I'm Rick Tittle, Sports Byler. Just one spray of Microband 24. Your hard surfaces are sanitized for up to 24 hours. Touch after touch after touch. So six hours from now? Still sanitized. 12 hours? Yep. 18 hours. We're really doing this. 24 hours. When used as directed, one spray of Microband keeps killing 99.9% of bacteria touch after touch for, yeah, up to 24 hours. Wow. Microband 24. The sanitizer four out of five doctors would use in their own homes. So why aren't you? If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bones. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them, and it's proudly made in the USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-437-8217. 800-437-8217. That's 800-437-8217. Do you love driving, but you don't love your car payment? Open Road Lending can reduce your car payment by as much as $100 a month or more. It's easy to refinance your car payment. Just call today to get your no-obligation quote and find out how much you can save. To qualify for a lower car payment, your car should be less than 10 years old, have less than 125,000 miles, and you've made at least six on-time payments. Call Open Road Lending today to learn how you can lower your rate and your payment by refinancing. It's easy, only takes a few minutes, and there's no cost or obligation to apply and get approved. Call today and see how much you can save. 800-871-9417. 800-871-9417. 800-871-9417. That's 800-871-9417. Terms and conditions apply. Financing is available with approved credit. See openroadlending.com for details. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction time slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. To me, it's like a mountain. A vast bowl of pus.
Tittle beats his servants. I don't have any servants. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast around the world on American Forces Radio Network. Great to welcome back to the show stand-up comedian Alonzo Bowden. He is going to be in Indianapolis at Helium for a very special event, New Year's Eve, with Alonzo Bowden. And uh, Alonzo, welcome back to the show. And I was just thinking, your background where you went to high school and then working as a mechanic on jets and motorcycles and cars, you you have a real need for speed, don't you? <laughs> How you doing, Rick? Yeah, I am, a, uh, I am a bit of a gearhead. I will say that. I grew up, went from bicycles to motorcycles and cars, and it's been a good run. Of course, I'm friends with Jay Leno, so I'll never make it to the top. You know, I can always see the peak <laughs> that, I'm, that I haven't reached. <laughs> right. Um, it, last week I was in uh, New York and got to go to the the cellar and um, ate at the olive tree and got to do all those cool things, Gotham and some of the other places I went to. Um, and it just it just sort of reminds me every time I go this sort of bohemian lifestyle you guys and gals have that will do different sets at different clubs uh, throughout the night. What's that like jumping from club to club doing, you know, 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there? Well, I got to tell you, Rick, I love it and we love it. We were all going crazy in 2020 when the clubs were closed and we couldn't get on stage. And now it's 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 back to the life. You know, I, I tell everyone the work is the travel, you know, getting up, going to the airport or like if you're bouncing around New York, sitting in traffic or walking here to there. Once you get on stage, that's home. That's the fun part. The work is everywhere else. So, yeah, we love it. And New Yorkers are a bit more fortunate than we L.A. comics in that they actually can hit four clubs in a night. We have L.A. traffic, which, uh, which means, you know, you're not getting around that much. We miss, we miss pandemic traffic where you actually could get anywhere in L.A. in 20 minutes. <laughs> I know. It's the only good thing about it. Um, I it was two Fridays ago. I was at the Fat Black. It was a show that was supposed to start at one a.m. It started at one thirty. It got out at three fifteen in the morning, and I still had to get a slice of pizza uh, on the corner of McDougald and and Third. <laughs> what 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 was the latest show you ever did, Alonzo? Uh, let's see. Probably be about that time. So the Laugh Factory in Hollywood, we used, the shows used to go, there was an 8 o'clock, a 10 o'clock, and a midnight show. Now the midnight show is supposed to end at 1.30, but as you know, everything runs late. So we would, uh, the midnight show, if you were lucky, started about 12.45 or 1 and let out after 2. And there's nothing like going on stage after 2 a.m. when they've already picked up the drinks. <laughs> you know that that's the that's the crowd you want. Yeah, we're going to take away their drinks. Okay, you get out there and be funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it's funny um, thinking about how long you've been doing this. Uh, I was speaking with Aries Spears one time, and I said, uh, you know, have you uh, adjusted a little bit for the new crowd? And he's like, no, 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 I'm me. They got to adjust to me. So how about you? Because, you know, now we have this new uh, generation that supposedly has a less of a attention span. I don't know. How, how have you adjusted? You know, it, it's, there's more talk about the changes in comedy than changes in comedy. For, for example, the cancel culture. Rick, I've been trying to get canceled for the last two years. <laughs> I need the publicity. 
If you know anyone that I could offend, I'll be happy to do it. <laughs> and the short attention span, you know, people watch clips online, but when they come to the live show, as you know, the energy is so different. They they are held. They're into it as long as it's funny. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if it's not funny, then it doesn't matter whether it's two minutes or 20 or, or 40. But if people are laughing and having a good time, they're not really saying, okay, that's six minutes of stand-up. I got to get out there. You know, as long as it's live, it is a different energy than watching clips. I saw Ronnie Cheng last month in San Francisco, and he said, please cancel me so I can go home to my own country where I'm a national hero. <laughs> and he really is. He is a superstar in Australia. He was before he even came here and started doing a daily show. I've known Ronnie a long time. Super happy for his success. And, uh, yeah, but but the cancel thing, I mean, who has really been canceled that hasn't worked? I'd say Michael Richards, yeah. who never was a comic to begin with. You know, even Louis C.K., I mean, his hardcore fans never gave up on him. Um, you know, so, so yeah, the, the cancel thing is more talk than action. Like once you get canceled, then they start covering what you're doing while you're canceled. Right. Kind of like <laughs> Shane Gillis lost SNL, but he gained probably 500,000 fans. Yeah. Yeah. That, that happens. And you know, um, my favorite interview question this year, somebody asked me, how's Dave Chappelle doing? Is Dave Chappelle going to be all right? And I said, you know, (laughs) as I head to the Boise, Idaho chuckle hut in the strip mall, (laughs) I somehow think Dave's going to be okay. I I just have a feeling. (laughs) Uh, A couple more questions for Alonzo Bowden. He's got the New Year's Eve show at uh, Helium Indy. Your tweet today uh, at Alonzo Bowden, the more I deal with humanity, the more I root for Omicron. (laughs) <laughs> what? <laughs> and I thought, uh-oh, something happened. Did you have a, a bad experience today? No, it's just, the, you know, it's not the big things. It's just the little annoying things people do. It's the leaving the shopping carts in the parking space. Mm-hmm. It's the, you know, um, here's, here's one I love. My left turn signal when I make a right turn. <laughs> just little, the human things that, that annoy you or... There's a certain way of walking, Rick, and, and, you know, here in L.A., people don't walk much, so maybe we're just not good at it. But there's a, a, a way people walk next to each other, like, let's block the whole sidewalk and walk slowly. And I grew up in New York, and all I could think is, you need to go to New York and get trampled to learn to pick up your feet and keep moving. So, you know, I'm not really rooting for the Omicron. I'm just saying that maybe maybe we could thin the herd on it. So when <laughs> when did you um, make the move from uh, New York to uh, the Sunset Strip? Oh, I, I've been here right out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I went to aviation high school, as you talked about. Mm-hmm. I was graduated as a licensed airplane mechanic and got hired by Lockheed Aircraft in Burbank. And I came out here, and um, I spent one winter in L.A., Well, actually, it was before winter, but let me tell you something. Your first winter in L.A., when it's 75 degrees in February, you're like, yeah, this will do. This is good. So uh, I've been here for a long time. I've been here long enough to complain about people moving here. (laughs) 
right. No, I I get that. Um, so for for the the Hollywood scene, I mean, knowing that you're you know bi coastal in that way, um, it, it seems like whenever I talk to New York comedians and they come to L.A., they always say, "Oh, you guys don't know how good you have it out here, and it's warm, and everybody's nice." And but there's there are pros and cons, aren't there? Well, we love the weather. Obviously, that that's the beautiful thing. But when it comes to comedy, you know, and and I've been in it long enough to watch the game has moved from L.A. to New York. Like New York is the comedy scene now. Um, there are so many clubs. All the late night shows are in New York. All the big stuff is going on, and big names are living in New York and haven't moved to L.A. So it's a different scene. Uh, I tell young comics now, go to New York and develop your act. And I have to say, New York comics are beautifully judgmental of L.A. comics. So the, from the first time I went to New York, being accepted by the New York comics is, yeah, you're a real comic. You're not one of those Hollywood guys. I got to admit, that felt kind of good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. I mean, you can walk from the Laugh Factory to the store, but if you got to get to the Ice House in Pasadena, there's no subway that's going to take you there. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, we have three major clubs and then a couple of um, that are more the road club experience in the sense that instead of 10 comics doing 15 minutes, you have the opener, middler, and the headliner doing 45. So, whereas in New York, there's just so many places to get up and do spots mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, and you have to be good. You have to be good. New York comics do not suffer fools. You said you were at the cellar. You know what it's like sitting at that table. Mm-hmm. You better bring your A game. <laughs> no doubt. Last question for you, and that is, of course, growing up, getting on Johnny or, uh, you know, Letterman, Conan, that was it could change your life but isn't it bizarre now like you'll go on joe rogan and that's 10 times more exposure than if you do fallon yeah rogan's become the guy you know and that that but that's great i mean he built that and he had his audience i've known joe for a long time Uh, i'm great with joe but it did change you know uh there was a time right before i got into comedy the whole goal was to get on carson Right, you had to get on Johnny, and once you were blessed by Johnny, you were a star. And then, you know, Jay had a good following on late night. Letterman had a good following, but nothing was as big as Johnny. And then we had the YouTube thing, and you know, you became a YouTube sensation. Some of that still goes on, and now the kids are TikToking. I'm a little old to be TikToking. <laughs> whenever, whenever I'm on TikTok, I just like, okay, this is kind of a creeper thing. I don't think you can be on Facebook and TikTok. If you're old enough for Facebook, you need to leave TikTok alone. If you're TikToking, you leave your grandfather on Facebook alone. Stop picking on him. That's, that's too much of a gap right there. But it just changes. You know, I mean, listen, I got to meet Bob Barker who was around when it changed from radio to television, you know? So (laughs) imagine that switch, you know? It's always going to be that, man. There's always going to be something new and some new new media, new things people find, new ways people find you. So I just try to keep out there and keep doing it. But this this New Year's, it's good old-fashioned live comedy. New Year's Eve is always a great show. I get to do this the recap of the year, I'd say a few things happened in 2021 that could be interesting. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> that's it. 
I feel you on TikTok. It reminds me of the Chris Rock joke. He's like, the old man at the club isn't an old man. He's just too old to be at the club. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, what did somebody say that if you can remember singular wireless, you don't need to be on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you had a singular phone or a Nextel, if you had a Nextel phone, you probably shouldn't be on yeah. TikTok. Yeah, well, I, 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 I'm I'm with you about the same age. Everybody, make sure to check out Alonzo Bowden. Check him out at uh, get your tickets at heliumcomedy.club. He's going to be there in Indianapolis with a very special New Year's Eve show. Alonzo, always great having you on, man. Happy New Year. Hey, thanks, Rick. Take care, buddy. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on SportsBound. car. Listen, if I was a cop, I'd pull you over and ask to see your insurance. Woo, I bet that would scare the heck out of you. (laughs) But seriously, I still want you to get your insurance papers out. Whoa, that's ridiculous. Look, we all have cars. That means insurance. But newsflash, you don't have to pay a fortune for it. What smart people all over the United States are doing is saving hundreds of dollars hauling AIS insurance. Some of you could be saving up to $600 a year. Maybe with an extra 600 you can get your car washed at least once a month. I mean, come on, look at it. Look, my job is to help you save money on your car insurance. So pick up the phone, call AIS Insurance right now, and get your car washed, please. 800-756-3744. 800-756-3744. 800-756-3744. That's 800-756-3744. Here's a simple solution for you. If you have back pain, knee pain, or any other pain in your body, it's as simple as drinking a glass of water every day. Your body is over 60% water, and drinking the best water you can get is crucial for your health. Echo Antioxidant Water, developed by Synergy Science, is the best water you can drink, and it's only available through this special radio offer. Over 1,000 research studies have shown that the powerful antioxidant used in Echo Antioxidant Water can reduce inflammation, improve brain function, help you sleep better, and boost gut health. With just two glasses a day, you can experience these benefits right from the comfort of your home. Some people have even replaced their morning coffee jolt with Echo Antioxidant Water. Call now and learn which Echo product by Synergy Science is right for you. We offer free shipping and a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Change your health by simply changing your water. 800-944-1789. What are you so happy about? I'm on the pill. Aren't you two a bit old to worry about having more kids? Not her. Me. Uh, you lost me there, buddy. Steel Man pills. Things weren't always looking up, if you catch my drift. So, my doctor prescribed me a little something. Like Viagra? Yeah, but that's expensive, and it wasn't covered by my insurance. Steel Man pills cost me less than three bucks a pill, and virtually the same effect. I just called and got over 40 pills for only $99. I have this friend who might be looking and... Well, if your friend wants some help, the consultation is free over the phone. No clinic. 
Steelman Pills sends it in the mail in a confidential package. I'm on it. I mean, my friend will be on it. Steelman Pills. Going the extra mile to help men with erectile dysfunction. 800-399-3691. 800-399-3691. That's 800-399-3691. Yeah, we're not going to fall for a banana in the tailpipe. You're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe? <laughs> it should be more natural, brother. It should flow out like this. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. Break. Tittle ate 200 chicken wings at your mama's house last night. Now, back to Fat Boy. All right, now that hurts my feelings. Um, emails. Um, <laughs> 1-800-878-PLAY. There's a number if you want to get in really quickly. Uh, anywho, uh, this is an email here from Scott saying, Rick, I think the A should have hired Buck Showalter. What do you think? Uh, nah. I just, uh, the A's are going to suck, and they didn't need a guy who's going to be driving those kids into the ground. I mean, look, I wouldn't have cried about it because he's interesting, and I like what he said when the Mets introduced him. I mean, the guy's a three-time AL manager of the year. You can't take that away from him. He's got over 1,500 wins. He's got 20 years' experience. But he said, I'm not here to win games. I'm here to be the last team standing. But you know what I thought was very, I don't know if heartwarming is the word, but I liked it. At his press conference, he was with his wife, and he held up the Showalter number 11 jersey with his wife. And I thought that was kind of cute, and it didn't seem like the kind of thing where he's hempacked and it's like, oh, I'm going. Oh, you know I'm going. No, they looked like they actually liked each other. And I, I don't ever remember a guy going to a press conference with his wife. And I mean, I, I think that happens sometimes in college because you're moving your whole family. But I don't know. I thought that was kind of cute. Uh, anyway, do I wish the A's hired Showalter? I might change my mind, but for now I'll say no <laughs> on that. Thanks for uh, tuning in tomorrow. Tim Kazarinski and a cavalcade of fantastic guests. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll see you next time. Es lampo del cielo por un bloque, por un bloque de nieve cruzado y se ven en su fondo sagrado cinco estrellas de palio.